Hello and welcome to another episode of Andrew's Amazing Podcast. I'm your host, James Santana. As always, I'm joined by my brother in odds, my mutant, uh, my mutant, how do I, how do I want to put you this week? Huh, what do I want to call you? Hey, whatever, it's Hunter. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say something with the ecstatics because I like them for no reason. I know. Where's I, excellence? I, Give it to me. Give it to me. Come on. Is that part of the House of X, boy? It will be. I swear to God. Maybe maybe they're just trying to play it incorrectly. Because they are mutants. It's not like they're not. I know, but it's not happening. And no, 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 not the book that's not happening. They're oh, no, no, not no, part yeah. of the House of X. I mean, the book might not be happening. It was delayed, <laughs> and then COVID, and then it was delayed. It's like, we didn't get why it was delayed the first time. I mean, it's not I think it's because it was, I think it's because he was trying to work it into no, Krakoa. No, it wasn't supposed to at all. It was supposed to be just straight up by It itself. was announced right before Krakoa even happened. Yeah, but... They, I, I mean, obviously they've been working on it behind the scenes. Right, so that's still. why I don't think it was ever supposed to be part of it. I mean, they have to mention how the, those mutants left. Because they are mutants. It's not like they're not mutants. Yeah. They're not mutants. They, don't, they just choose not to live in the island. Just like yeah. the New Mutants book covered that. It's not like they didn't. Yeah. So, no, they don't have to bring them into the book. I think it was all... Um, just, I mean, it's also like him and his wife and then... Peter is it Milligan who's writing it? Yeah, yeah it's it's all it's your original, it's your original stuff. Oh, yeah. by the way, guys, we're talking about ecstatics. Uh, we're talking about X Men, not just oh the book, yeah, ecstatics yes. and uh, excellence. So let's actually finish this intro. We are brought to you by Andrew's Amazing Comics down here in New York. This is how fast tangents start. So we're going to jump into some sweet news, Hunter. You want to hit me with that Young Hellboy? Yeah. So apparently, coming in February, it's going to be uh, they're going to do a Young Hellboy series from Dark Horse. It's going to be co-written by Tom Snagotsky. I have no idea who that is. Or Nagat... Nag- Sing, no, Singoski. Nagat... Goatski? Goatski. Goatsi. Goatsi. Gotski. I don't know. It's not ski. It's K-S-I. Sorry for mispronouncing yeah, your name, buddy. We're bad with... We are bad. I mean, we're awful. Sometimes yeah. we're good. Sometimes we're bad. No, I just jumble names. It's awful. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, I assume it says co-written because Mignola's yeah. going to be on it, too? Yeah, yeah. I wonder who the artist is. Um, I think it's... Uh, I'll pull up... Could I'll be Mignola. Yeah, I'll show you right now. Pull it up. Yeah, so I'm excited for this. Uh, I mean, technically, Hellboy, we've seen him young a bunch of times, rather it be the main books or the movies or BRP, BPRD. But young Hellboy as a main, like, you're focusing on him specifically? That's kind of cool. Artist oh. is... Oh. I thought, uh, I thought you couldn't pronounce it, so you were No, me. so it's the <laughs> actual full miniseries. It's a four-issue miniseries called Young Hellboy. The father, uh, Professor Broom... As they they are stranded on a mysterious island, soon they learn about the monsters in it. Um, it's Manola and uh, Sanosi. The art is going to be Craig Ruscio. Ruscio. You're moving. Uh, R- Russo. Yeah, Russo. It's pronounced with uh, it's the French pronunciation yep. though. They'll be doing the art. It's Ralsel. And of course, uh, McNeil's will be doing the uh, cover covers. Art. The, covers. All the, uh, all the art. So that's what the cover one yeah. looks like. That looks really good. And this is like Magnolia's cover. I like the other one better, but there's always a niche Mignola. I like I like Mignola's art. I like how it's stylized, but he hasn't changed since day one. This is, looks like Hellboy issue one. It looks like Hellboy, but he's wearing a t-shirt. And he has a, I like how he has a beard, though, by the way. He, he has he, a beard, or is it just shading? No, he's got a beard. Show me. He's I, got, like, a little stop. beard. Hold on. Oh, he's got, like, a little, little scruff? Yeah, hold on. A, a little bit of scruff going on on his chin? Hold on. Yeah. It's being stupid. I can't blow it up. Hold on. It's like, you can't keep You're terrible at this. Shut up, technology. I'm old! I'm old. Look at me. Yeah, see? He's got a little, little scruff. <laughs> he does have a little bit of scruff, so he's probably not that young. He's younger. I mean... I mean, when they find him, he's like two or some shit like that. Yeah. He like he can move around. He's like fully you know, functioning. It's coming February 17th, by the way. 
Cool, February 17th. Well, I, do like, I do like how he has a little scruff on, on the cover. A little bit of scruff. And it looks like it literally looks like a cover story for Hellboy. Number one, where he's wearing khakis and a fucking yeah. t-shirt. Yeah, I'm excited for more Hellboy. We did get a, a one shot this week called yep. the Seven Brides mm-hmm. or the Seven Witches Brides. It's just Hellboy and I want to say uh, the Fire Chick. What's her name? I forgot. Laurel, maybe. I forgot. I haven't. I haven't read. I haven't Hellboy. read Hellboy in a bit because yeah. I've been I've been catching up, but I haven't like fully. I've read the first Omnibus that Dan got me. Yeah. But I haven't uh, read anything else. Okay. So I don't remember. Liz. It's Liz. It's Liz something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I still think it's funny. Like, they, they, it's really cool. I do like that they're, this is one of those, Magnolia uh, is doing this just like Jeff Lemire is doing it in, 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 with, with uh, Black Hammer. It's just more expansion. Expansion without, <sighs> sorry, going back to the original story and, and actually just going on as a sequel. So it's all prequel, but it all matters. It's a prequel sequel. Yeah, and like I said, it all matters. So yeah. it's cool. I do like that. Yeah, the Hellboy universe is super cool to just jump into. I want to get like fully engrossed in it. I want to get all the Hellboy books, and then I want to get all the Ape Sapiens, all the BPRDs, and then all those spin-off the one-shot things they do. I think it's going to be so cool. It's going to be good. It'll look fantastic on a shelf when I just have the Hellboy shelf. James? Yes. What's going on at DC Comics? So DC Comics announced their their actual full-time new editor-in-chief, uh, Marie Janvis. Uh, Marie uh, has been a writer, editor, and colorist uh, for comic books before. But she originally started off at Marvel. Uh, she didn't turn at Marvel Comics. Um, she actually edited projects uh, for Akira, Gru, and Earth-X. Cool. Down uh, book. Uh, she left uh, DC... Um, to do like a documentary series, and then um, she was an editor for the ninety nine, which was a uh, the ninety nine was the uh, Islamic, yep, which is the Islamic um superhero team that she helped build. Cool. And uh, now she she was in was co uh, co chief, um, she was co chief earlier this year with Jim. Uh, no, 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 with um, oh, what's her name? It was two women, um. Uh, with Michelle R. Wells, mm-hmm. and now she's officially, as of uh, today, the uh, editor in chief um, for DC Comics. She's That's been in the awesome. industry for years, like going back to like mid '90s. That's so cool. Like she's been in this. That's really cool. Like, and it's yeah, also she's not a nobody. She's actually like an actual person. Like when they got, um, I think DC Comics hired one of the AT and T guys to run something for a bit, and I was yeah. like, "Why would you do that? They don't know comics. They do phones and like cable and stuff. Exactly. Whatever AT and T else does. And then they got like an actual creative office, like not a CCO, like a, like a creative editor who's been in the industry. Yeah. So um, she's uh, the books that she's edited for DC are Justice League itself, the regular Justice League book, uh, DC Superhero Girls, Exit Stage Left, the Sagal Post. Oh, she also did. Oh, she edited all the. She was in charge of all the Hanna Barbera ones. That's cool. That came out. Uh, Superman Smash the Clan she did uh, she also edit, is the current editor of the DC uh, of Dark Knight's Metal and wasn't she also the one who wanted to get Scott Snyder into yep. DC yeah she awesome is. and she's currently editing Metal uh, Metal and she did Holly Quinn Bridge probably edits a lot of the Snyder stuff yes because she's like I got this guy but she is now the actual editor in chief for uh, DC so congratulations and uh, hopefully this is a good sign for DC to even out the nonsense because so they actually got a real creative person yeah that's not just like someone they had in house I know someone that was just like uh, an ATMC person that got over in the after the merger. So yeah. it's actually cool. It's not just a merge hire. Yeah, no, right. 
It's an actual good one. Go on, man. Hit me with the news. Apparently, Adidas is making sneakers for Miles Morales uh, based off the Spider-Man game. Yes, they just announced them. Yes. Why wouldn't they do it based off of the movie? Because <laughs> those sneakers would be fucking they the crazy. Nikes in the movie. You're probably right. They're the Nikes in the I movie. think they already did them, too. And they did them uh, li- when the movie came out. They, really? and I think and Nike made those sneakers for it. Maybe that's why I thought of it, because yeah. I was like a Jason The Adidas um, is coming out. Like Adidas coming I'm more out. of an Adidas guy anyway. Yeah. I used to get Actually, Adidas like when my dad was uh, sponsored by them through his school. Right. And then I would get Adidas shoes because, I don't know, I like them. I, I think the swoosh was is a little too pretentious for me. It's the Nike swoosh. No, back in high school, everyone was like, get those Nikes, bro, you got those Jordans. I'm like, dude, they're fucking shoes. You wear them, they get dirty. Yeah. That's just me, though. I'm not a sneakerhead. I'm not either. So I was like, Adidas works for me. And now I got Reebok, I think. And they I got off red target. Nice. I got like those cloud. I got off red target. Nice. I got like a, the, the cloud touch on my feet. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> anyway, so will I get them? I will. Actually, I might get those. I say like, me, no, but maybe. Depending on the price and yeah. how limited they are. Because if like three hundred dollars, to mean to not wear them, put them on a shelf. No. Maybe like. But we do that for comic books. Maybe a so. hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, but you can read those. Maybe a hundred dollars. Yeah. Because like they're fancy yeah. shoes. I like. But like anything more than a hundred. Not for me, too. And also red and black, so I do like that. Yeah. So, so I well, like Spider-Man. I, yeah, and so it's based on the new game. Yeah. It's just really kind of cool that they're coming out with, like, sneaker apparel. And I also like the Miles, so. Yeah. All right, so next up, we have Bloodshot uh, sequels currently in the works. We kind of knew that, though. Duh. The movie we left know. off. Well, we no. didn't know. No, we didn't. But. Because that movie came out at a very, out, at a very bad time. right before COVID. It was in theaters for two weeks, yep. and then it immediately went on demand. It actually yes. made a decent amount of money, apparently. Yes, and we, if you want to hear us review that movie, go back to our Read the Re... Oh, did we have... I, took, I took it off for now. Okay. Um, if you want, we do have a special episode. We'll, we could probably repost eventually. Yeah. As a kind Maybe of when a, sequel comes out. Yeah. Like we talked about it. And it's a review of the original. I'm still trying to see where if I want to keep them on the feed or if I want to switch them to a different feed. I don't really know. Yeah, we'll figure out. But we did record a, uh, a show... Uh, during COVID, which is called Read the Real, which was a kind of filler. We had no comic books coming out, yeah, we and, no we comic books. Old, and we didn't want to review. And we didn't want to. We barely old, had news too. Yeah, we didn't want to review old books, so that makes no sense. Eventually, we started up and we started giving recommendations on to read old stuff, but we didn't want to do that for nine weeks or yeah. whatever. We did it for like four, I think. Yep. So that's what. Uh, so after watching reviewing that movie, it kind of seems weird. And like I said, um, he's barely bloodshot in it. He's bloodshot in it for like the last 20 minutes. I know. I mean, and I don't mean he's not bloodshot. He's got the powers and he's got the guns and the, but he's not white with the red dot. Right. That's not until the end. Yeah. Oh, when he fully, I guess for a movie that came out eight when he goes months ago. fully into it, that's when yeah. he's bloodshot. But I do think the biggest thing about that, it was cool and stylized, which is what I liked. Oh, but awesome. the story was a little meh. meh. But that's the thing. I think the whole, I think the, the idea of a, a sequel coming out, yeah, it's weird. I mean, Vin Diesel I even confirmed thing, it though. on his Twitter account, so it's like it's not like it's nonsense rumor that does spread around yeah. uh, on the internet. This is very much like, oh well, he did doing a sequel, but I guess they did enough money to do one. So unless they're doing a little bit more low budget for the sequel, I just think since it's like a high budget, not a high budget, since it's like a high tier um, indie character. Yeah, because Valiant's getting up there. I mean, they were always relevant. That's not what I mean, but like. Bloodshot is a popular character. He His pop is. culture like presence is a lot. He's he's, he's everywhere. Did they make a pop for him when the movie came out? I don't think so. Did. I know there was an old Bloodshot pop because I've yes. seen it around, but that was like exclusive somewhere. I don't mm-hmm. know if they actually made one for that one. I'm only thinking pops because I see the zombie Deadpool behind you. I don't know. Anyway, and then they had that uh, uh, ninja ninjack versus the Valiant Universe on YouTube, which was pretty cool. Yeah, but then they took Deadshot was um Tommy. Yep. Yeah. Just Dave Frank. They took it down because even though it was sponsored by Valiant, when so, when the 
movie guys bought the rights. They were yes. like, and copyright. And they were like, you fuckers. Yeah, it was a it was a dumb, dumb move. They should have you can still find a place. It's really cool. Um, uh, the guy who plays Ninjak is uh, Floyd Lawton from uh, the Arrowverse. So, yes. And then the guy who plays Exo Man of War is from, uh, is it called Baby Mama? Baby Daddy? Baby oh, Daddy. It's he a sitcom. Was... He's the tall brother. Yeah, he's... um. Yeah. Hawk from Hawking Dove. Yeah, his, no, that's Alan Richardson. His name is Derek Feller or Derek Keller. Oh, they look exactly the same. It, they, I, they always, they're them, tall and they have nice chins. Yeah, I, dude, Keller I, usually has a beard, though. Dude, Richardson doesn't really have a beard. I always get those two of them confused, and I'm like, ah, oh, man. I think Alan Richardson, because he was in, um, he was Thad Castle from uh, Blue Mountain State. Oh, was, he, was he also in Smallville as Aquaman? He was Aquaman. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and he, was in, he wasn't even, he wasn't in the Aquaman pilot, though, which I thought no, was No, because it was uh, Justin Hartley. Yeah. Even Justin Hartley that. was Green Arrow. Yes, I and know. I was just like, "Why?" Uh, we know. Just it is what it is. Yes. So moving on. Yes. Uh, I'll talk about seven, and then you can talk about yeah. Go ahead. yeah. So Umbrella Academy has officially been renewed for season three. We kind of knew it was coming because it's a really popular show. But no, we didn't know anything. We assumed so. And we were happy with the idea. <laughs> we kind of knew it was coming no, because they, it's a popular show. No, because they said they might not have not got, no. They confirmed that they were they may have not gotten a season three. I never read that anywhere. Yeah. I always heard there's going to be a season three. No, they so when they, they announced it, no, I was like, they cool. Were like, we're going. We want to do a season three. And we didn't know, and then they finally confirmed it today because Netflix announced it on their Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, YouTube. I think YouTube. they did. They always do stuff. Yeah. Either way, that's awesome. Yeah, I kind of figured that. And had less, it has less to do with popularity because even good shows don't get. I a know a lot two. of shows got axed. Yeah, because Teenage it's... Bounty Hunters came out and, and left. Yeah. with a bang. I heard that was a really good show. Yeah, but nothing happened. Glow got canned after four seasons. Right. So we can't say like, oh, well, it's a popular show. He's going to get a season two or season three until they confirm it. Oh, they say it's greenlit. I don't say anything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I want a season three. I'm an optimist, though, and you're an asshole, so it is what it is. That happens. <laughs> they, uh, well, they left it open for a season three. That's yeah. why. So everyone just assumed there was going to be a season three because of the way they ended it. We're spoiling it. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, to be fair, they could, they still got one more volume to cover. Well, they're uh, technically two more. What, what, so, uh, what's the other volumes? So you have uh, Hotel Oblivion to cover. That's three. Yes. Oh, okay, so hold on. Volume one, they covered. Yes, Dallas. Volume Sorry, one was Dallas. Suite. Yeah, they covered Apocalypse Suite with only a little bit of added stuff. Yep. They teased Dallas. Yeah. And then season two was 90% Dallas with yep. a little bit of the time spiral stuff. A little stuff. bit of Apocalypse Suite. Yeah. It's and then uh, Apocalypse Suite is probably going to be season three. And they teased Hotel Oblivion. Um, yeah, that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying. And also there's a lot of spin into it. Because well, Dallas wasn't exactly how season two was. It was no. very different because they're trying to focus on all the characters. Yeah. Rather than focusing on mostly Five, just two. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean... Five as a character, not no, no, five no. characters. No, I meant five end. When I said two, I, I assume I meant five end. Diego, um, Hargreaves. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, focus yeah. on him a lot in the books because, yeah. like, he's he's not because he's dead, but like he's yeah. a huge focal point. But um, for they said there might be um a fourth volume that might come out before season three. Well, we also out. have the Klaus uh, comic that's out right now. That's pretty cool. I know, but we can still have some of that stuff yeah, show and, up. And we did we sort. We saw a little bit of kind it. Kind of it, yeah, in season two. Yeah, and then we also have the Hazel and Cha-Cha spinoffs that they could do as, like, a one episode. Like, remember these guys? Yeah. But then they save Christmas. That could be a Christmas special. Yeah, which makes then sense. Then there's um, there's one more one-shot. I don't I mean, know if it's tied couple. to Hazel and Cha-Cha, but I know there's one more one-shot they could use. So it's not like they're out of information. Oh, no, and, no. And I know Gerard Way is going to be... Once well, he gets Killjoys out, which is out yeah. right now with issue two, um, we they're going to be getting say, out. When you read... Um, 
Hotel Oblivion there. It says coming, uh, Volume 4 coming. Oh, soon. yeah, because it teases. Oh, yes. It's going to be Hotel Oblivion and Volume 4 because with the end with the, with yes. the, with the other people. Yep, I don't yeah, 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 I forgot yeah. about that. I forgot yes. about that. We're now mm-hmm. spoiling for people that haven't seen it or read the book. I totally forgot about that end credit scene. Not end credit scene, but the yeah, end. Yeah, this is where, uh, this mm-hmm. is, uh, it's called. Because so it's way different than the other one because in the book, I can spoil the book because the book came out. No, it's leaving. It's going to spoil the show. At least spoils the show. No, I was. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say. Um, when that th- it wasn't an altered timeline. Right. It yes. was. The, it was. They was just set up in an alternate area. Right. In the TV show, it's an alternate timeline. because yes. They fucked with stuff. That's what yeah, I was yeah, gonna yeah. spoil. Oh, yeah. 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 They they fucked with the timeline in the show, and in the book, it was just another location. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Avoided the spoilers. There you if go. You read the books. You know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah. That's true. So yeah, it was season three. I'll cover the next two parts. Let's hope. Well, one and a half. Hotel Oblivion plus. Whatever's coming up in four. Yeah, for right. I would love to see Hotel Oblivion because those characters were cool. Yeah. And I would like to see more of what Hargreaves is. Like, I want to see more of them react to. Because even there's the a ending... goddamn hotel of bad guys on the moon? Yeah. On Mars, remember it is? And then, well, remember how it ends and it's like, oh. And it's kind of how they just end yep. it. Mm-hmm. it. It mixes it up. So that's good. I'm excited. I love Umbrella Academy. Courtney loves it too. And I know you dig it. Oh, I fucking love it. Can you dig it? All right. What is the fucking Warriors? Uh. Let's do Star Wars now. Yeah. We'll save so, the last one. Oh, oh, yeah, and then you didn't even write the other one down. I was going to say we're missing one. But, yeah, talk about Star Wars. Yeah, if I'm missing one, just fill it in. It's the X-Men one. Oh, yeah, duh. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I figured. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we have new Star Wars news. Ooh, I don't know why I'm swinging plus. Don't do that. It's going to come up bad on the mic. I know. Uh, so we have new Star Wars series for Disney Plus coming out. Uh, to take place in a pocket universe and or timeline. I don't understand what that means. Right, Do so, they talk about the series or are they just like, it's another one? I'll tell you right now. And is it going to be animated or live action? live action? Is it going to be like a Han Solo in an alternate timeline or no. an Obi-Wan Kenobi in an alternate timeline? No. So, I'm very confused. I figured I was. That's why I was I or is it just High Republic and they're just saying it's a pocket universe just in case? High Republic fails at Marvel. Well, <laughs> no. So, uh, le- uh, so the writer, uh, the head of the show, uh, Leslie Head uh, Hed- Headlands, Star Wars universe, Star Wars series will take place in an alternate universe common timeline. Uh, Russian doll creator Leslie Headland says her upcoming Star Wars series for the streaming platform. Oh, it's Russian doll creator, nice. So yeah. be cu- she's a she's a good director, yeah. Creator uh, for the streaming platform Disney Plus is set, set in a lesser known alternate universe and timeline. Uh, she said this. She said this on um, a poc- on Fantastic Frankie podcast. I would say it's in a pocket pocket of the universe and a pocket of the timeline. We don't know much about. I kind of see. That doesn't mean it's in a. I know. I'm saying. You finish it up, then I'll yeah, give my thoughts. I kind of see it. See, if Star Wars is a religion, I like to think of my show as a tent revival. You can come over if you want to. We're going to say, going to be talking about some cool stuff. I don't think. Y- when you pitched it to me as a pocket universe oh, no, I, timeline, no, it's I not a pocket alter, universe. No, it's, in it's a pocket, pocket in the universe. Yes. Like how Mandalorian is, is a pocket in with, the pocket. Yes. Like, like when we do Kenobi, that's not pocket because that's huge. Right. Mandalorian is technically in a pocket. Uh, yes. The Thrawn books, yeah. Thrawn, are in a pocket. pocket Rebels yes. is in a pocket. pocket. Yeah. That's what you meant. Yes. Okay. That's what. When you pitched it, I was like, so it's in canon to Star Wars, but it's in a pocket universe? That seems so weird. Yeah. That's why I said, is it going to be in that weird no, no, temporal that, thing? Yeah, that no. They go into it's going to be, it's going to be in its own thing. It's in its own thing, but it's, say, it's, it's, and I, I just hope Doc Afra comes out because that was heavily rumored. Well, it says, uh, the show, uh, uh, will serve as a showrunner and writer of the upcoming show and will start, which will start female protagonist. It could be Afra. It could be Afra. Because this could be a nice pocket niche. Yeah. Because it's, because it's going to be very different from Mandalorian is like a Western. Yes. 
Dr. Afra is going to be a pulpy Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Yeah. So she says in she space. she wants to focus Flash on, Gordon Indiana Jones. Yeah. She wants to focus on the on the literal journey of the of her characters and that get influenced by what has been made for the franchise so far. That sounds like an Afra. So it sounds yeah, it sounds like more like she I mean, can it could do, obviously be a different female lead. Right. Afra seems like the easiest one to use that for. And that's the whole thing. It should actually makes more sense to do like an Afra series because she can do whatever she wants. Yeah. Um, again, it can be set, it's set within the Star Wars timeline, and it's set in a in a, a planet and part of the Star Wars universe. But it doesn't have to look. And what the it's a way for her saying it's not you're not going to see characters you already know, and that's all it is. You mean from the movies and stuff, right? Like from the comics and like the legends. There's a lot we could see, right? She I would may, love to but see. I think the way Afra. she no, I think the way she's doing it is going to be brand new stuff that no one's seen before. Totally cool with me too. Because it's more a, Star Wars is great. Yeah. So yes, I think. Even if she makes after the lead, it's going to be nothing connected to what we're seeing. But the problem is, but the problem we face though with an after series is, is that she meets Doctor yes. Dark Doctor Vader, Darth Vader first. <laughs> that's, a, that's the, the only people. Version. The only people will. <laughs> the only people. He's, he's wearing all white. Yeah. The only people will probably see from the Afra series is Afra, her two robots, yeah. and then I think his name is Kazik. Yes. The or Krazak, the big black. Um, the Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Yeah, the Wookiee. Yeah. Big black Wookiee. With the scar crosses on. That sounds so bad. That's what he is. He's I literally know. a black Wookiee. I know. Yeah. I was making I was, fun of you. Because you, you get awkward when I say things like that to you. Yeah. Well, I think the... Um, but that's true. So if they do Afro as a series, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but then the problem is you have the fact that the, the comic books are canon. What you do you think, do? Do they want to introduce more new stuff? Because last right. time they did that with the Disney stuff, people got a little mad. What do you mean? People don't like the Disney films anymore. They thought seven was great. They thought eight was poo poo no. and nine was poo poo because it didn't wrap up Ka- properly. And it, I've said this before. This had less to do with the actual films and more with Kathy Kennedy going. Here's three. I want three different writers writing three different films and make them all connect. So me, you, and Aunt. Can no, go- no, no. Originally, it was J- they wanted JJ on all three. Yes. And then JJ pitched them. How about we do this? This. And then Kathleen was like. Sure. And then she was like, how about we have... No, she wanted... She wanted... No, no, she didn't. She She did. No, she wanted JJ on it for the entirety. She didn't, because that's the the whole reason why Ryan Johnson took the spot. Because she didn't want... No, because then she hired Ryan Johnson to do his own trilogy. She wanted one person to do a trilogy. He was hired... He was hired before that whole thing. It was Abrams first, and then she wanted three different writers with three different... She wanted three different writers with one director. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. She wanted J.J. But, doing all three, but then yeah, but J.J. You can couldn't direct do it. it still. He did not, he couldn't do it. He didn't want to. No, because he wanted to. That's why he came back for the third one. You no, know, he came back for the third one because they begged him to do it. Yeah. So they were he didn't like, want to come back and direct the third yeah, one. Yeah, so they had. He only wanted to direct one. They of wanted them. three different. They wanted three different writers with three different directors telling the same one cohesive story, which doesn't work. Which doesn't work. So that's why Ryan Johnson he actually ended up getting pitched his own Star Wars series after he was already halfway done writing the second yeah. one. And the then when it got poo poo, they were like, they canceled. <laughs> that's the thing. So Ryan Johnson was never doing it because he was came up from already doing it. So the Star Wars one. They he they got he got picked and was like oh since you're already writing this we might as well give you a cool Star Wars trilogy and they were like no no they're like what the fuck did you do because he butchered the story because the oh, story he, gets butchered oh it's because what he wanted to do was anyone can have the force that which was, they that already was, have that that's what I don't I understand. know but he wanted to make it more so and I was like but it's already established if you I don't get where they were going with that idea if you if you watch any Star Wars film or watch any shows you know watch many, the Mandalorian many people have the force. 
Many people have the Force. The Force is more of a religion. Remember Donnie Yen? He technically has the Force in, right. in Rogue One. He doesn't, but he technically does. Right. Well, he's, you know, he treats it like a religion. Well, he's, he's walking force, through the Force as well. And force, yeah. and he doesn't get hit. Yeah, but he's... Like, he may the be troopers for- aren't that bad. Yeah, he may be force sensitive. That's what it is. Yeah, but Han uh, Solo is apparently force sensitive too. That's just BS. That's just luck. <laughs> yeah, but as I mean, like it, it's supposed to be like that, and that's what Ryan Johnson film was supposed to try to go for. But it, it doesn't went make too sense. Hard. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense. And then making throwaway characters and you're butchering the storyline. Like Aray's Aray's a nobody. They, no, she's straight. She's straight up somebody else. Like if you look at that. Originally, film, she was supposed to be a Kenobi. They said they were dabbling with Kenobi. Yeah, and then oh. they were like, eh, and then Ryan Johnson was like, ha ha ha, garbage can. Well, because supposed to be the. And then they, they was like, she's a Palpatine, and I was like, ah. I don't scream at the mic. I had to. They like, didn't have to. I did. It literally echo. You have, you're going oh, to have so to. Oh, so big. You're going to have to edit You're going to have to edit. That's why I was like, don't scream at the mic. You're going to have to edit. It, I, it echoed in the store. It's going to come up so bad. It oh, echoed no. in the store. I was like, oh, no. I didn't think it was that loud. But yeah, so. Um, Apologies if I forget to edit it. No, you will have to. I'm going to send it my time stamp. I'm going to literally text you. Like, <laughs> it's going to be now. It's going to be hard to like, Oh. <laughs> 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 Hunter's meltdown. <laughs> Hunter's Palpatine meltdown. But yeah, I have so, no idea how pissed I am at that Star Wars. Song. So well, I, I liked nine. It was good. yes, but Palpatine. Why? Because, because my head cannon was Obi Wan. Yeah, that was, that was and just that's me. Whole, uh, JJ could have been like, it was going to be Palpatine. When we do our Star Wars episode, we will be doing a Star Wars episode <laughs> at some point. Yeah, because there's a lot of Star Wars stuff we will talk about. Maybe when they make uh, the next part of the comics. Yeah, when High Republic. Uh, when they finish, that. when they do High Republic, High Republic's different though. Yeah, well, when we finally get pieces of it after the first arc, we'll probably oh, do a yeah, whole yeah. thing. Yeah, That's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think the whole thing is that it was set up for something else. And I'm, gonna, I'm not ranting to bitch and moan, but this is a problem I have with Kathy Kennedy. That's why I kind of like the idea with uh, Helen's idea. It's like, I'm going to do my own thing, and this is it's not supposed to be counted to anyone else. Mm-hmm. And she's outright saying that as a get-go. I think that's why people are going to like the show. Well, she's saying it could be canon. She's like, it's not, but like... No, it's not. She straight up says She goes... She says in her interview, she goes... Yeah, if to... people like it, they'll make it No, I, this is what she said. It's like legend. For me, it's less about going through Star Wars universe cinema, cine, uh, cinematically or artistically. I'm kind of just combing through geog- uh, geographically and going on a little journey. When we were pitching it, I had my designer create that Indiana Jones, like, here we go, and then... Uh, it's Doc Afra. It's Doc Afra. <laughs> I know. <laughs> They're doing Doc Afra. She goes, uh, I discussed... I uh, There's some things we haven't discussed, uh, but one thing is that we have discussed is canon. There are going to be new characters you know nothing about. That doesn't mean it's not canon. That just no, I didn't say it was not canon. Part. What I mean is... It's it canon. It could be considered canon or not canon. Like the Mandalorian. No, it's going to be... Uh, Mandalorian's canon... canon this will be canon. It's just set up in a different time period. You're not going to see like. Well, if it's Afro, we're going to see. Well, I mean, it's different. If, like, if it's some characters, if, yeah. If it's Afro, I'm not expecting different. to see Vader. Right. I'm expecting I to mean, see like the Afro characters. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it's one episode in a flashback. Like, yeah. How did you become this? And like, well, I was working for Darth Vader. Yeah. Darth Vader. Not they could they could put Darth Vader in Rogue One for no reason. They could put Darth Vader in. No, because that scene was boss in Rogue One. It was boss, but it was there for no reason. <laughs> watching more savage what we all wanted. <laughs> like he watching, goes. Like watching, watching murder with people. Yeah, he people. murdered kids too. Yeah, so. yeah I know, right? Anyway, so we're gonna throw a change. We'll wrap that up, and then what's the last? It's probably Doc Afra, guys. Oh yes, Afra. It's probably Doc Afra. Oh, small bit of news. Thunderbolt, uh, we keep talking about Jakeem Thunderbolt coming to, to Stargirl. He's still not. Uh, but, but we the, got Thunderbolt. But the Thunderbolt's coming, and it's going to be the little pink uh, lightning bolt that kind of hangs he's around. Not be little. He's, he's a genie. Be, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's genie. Um, he's Kazam. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, voiced by Jim Gaffigan. Hell so. yeah, I like Jim Gaffigan. 
Yeah, so I like He's it. He's funny. He sounds kind of like this. Which, uh, with but more Jakeem of like Ware. a twang. But Jakeem where? Jakeem. Where? Jakeem. Hakeem where? Hakeem where? Like, we know Hakeem is in the show, technically. Oh, well, that's a t-shirt. Hakeem where? Hakeem where? And it's lightning. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe that'll be our shirt. Hakeem yeah. where? Hakeem when? <laughs> uh, we know he's real, because Mikey straight up drops Hakeem. Yeah, his he's name. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to go chill with my boy Hakeem. And I was like... Is he going to come to the house? Okay. Or are you going to go to his house? What's the deal? Yeah, okay, I can watch Cameraman, are you going to follow Mike today? Or are you going to follow fucking Becky? What's going on? <laughs> like, where's the, where's the story going? And, I uh, wouldn't be surprised if we see Hakeem. Because we're going to see Thunder. We know that. Right. Thunderbolt's here. Yes, he's going to be in the season. Will Hakeem be in the season? Maybe. We'll probably see, Okay, here's my pitch. My my Which yeah. is probably going to happen in my head. Yeah. Hakeem will be in the show. Not often. He'll probably be in two episodes. Thunder will probably be in four or five out of the 13. Yeah. Or depending on how, like, if CW orders 23. If CW orders 23, we're getting Hakeem. Yeah. If they order 13, we'll get Hakeem in four episodes. He'll have a little arc, and then he'll disappear. The last two episodes, he'll come back and get Thunderbolt. Yeah. So then it teases season three, where he's going to be a main cast member. Right, because they have to explain, they have to explain, like, if they're introducing the Thunderbolt, there's got to be a reason why. Yeah. And Besides yeah. it being JSA. Yeah. And, and he doesn't up. eclipse up, yeah. Yeah, so... That means because he he plays a role. Um, he actually plays a role in the JSA story, uh, Doctor Strange. That's yeah. why. Yeah, because I wouldn't be surprised. Like we'll see Thunderbolt probably in most of the season. Yes, because if he's or at least the voice of him will be like the pen will talk to Becky, right, or whatever Becca, whatever her name is. What's her name? Oh, Courtney. Like her, your girlfriend's it, name? No, I was thinking of the actress. Her name. Oh, uh, Breck. Uh, yeah, Brecca something. Yeah. I'm like, what? Be- Becky? Becky. I'm, I'm like, calling her Becky. I'm like, are you doing it to be derogatory? Or are you no. doing it to be like you don't know I her name? her name? I forgot her name. I forgot her name. She has the same name as your girlfriend. I know, but I'm... Your long-time I was thinking, girlfriend. I was thinking of the mm-hmm. actress's name, which is like Becca Bassinger it's or something. Breck. Breck. It's B-R-E-C. Bressinger. Yeah. Becky? So Becky. So that's my uh, that's my pitch for it. Like Hakeem shows up with Mike studying or something. Yes. The whole pen thing we pitched at the end before. Yes. That could still be there. That'll be oh, at the last yeah. episode. But he's gonna show up. Maybe be a little heroic. Probably find out who Star Girl is. Cause Mike knows. Mike's not gonna keep it right. secret. Mike's a fucking loudmouth. Mike's <laughs> a sassy idiot. That boy's gonna snitch. <laughs> yeah. That boy's gonna snitch hard. So I'm excited to see that Thunderbolt, Jim Gaffigan, hell yeah, and Hakeem. I would love it to be um, the, the kid I pitched out last time. Or the kid I pitched is um, Static Shock. Yes. Not the Stranger Things kid, the other one. The one from Game Changers or whatever. Yes, I don't know. Yeah. And I said that back then, I didn't know. Yeah, I showed you what it looked like. You'd be like, yeah. But I can't wait to see. Oh, yeah, I saw the picture. So, last bit of news. Yes. James. So, we have a new X-Men book. I can't wait for it. I said this before. I'm like, I really hope my polis gets sore. It's not. No, it's just going to get bigger. So, X-Men Legends is coming in February. It's going to be... I'm just going to read you the actual synopsis. The slit. Breaking down the yellow... Break out the yellows and blues. Like my wedding colors. Fire up the danger room and snap on your pouches as legendary X-Writers return to classic era of mutant superheroes in all new... All new in continuity stories set during the groundbreaking run. They, during their groundbreaking run. And also the 90s. It's just, yeah, the most we, of it. We get the 90s costume, I'm so excited. It's featuring greats like Claire, Chris Claremont, uh, Louis Simonson, Louis, Louis Fabian Nietzsche, Larry Hammer, Pete David, Peter David, and more. X Men Legends will deliver stalling tales month after month that dive into rich history X Men to type loose ends. So is it an anthology series? Yes. I thought it was no. the first six will I'll be Adam X. Yes, I'll explain it. Resolving long same oh. plot. 
the plot's dangling and reveals shocking truths that will change the past and future of X-Men. The first arc comes oh, from arc. writer Fabian Nietzsche, who's stealing the X-Titles stealing the X-Titles in their 90s heyday. He plans to begin the series with a special saga of Cyclops and his brother Havoc, that one one that will solve one of the greatest X-Men mysteries of all time. Finally, explaining just who Adam X is, as well as the starting connection to Simon's bloodline. The first story arc will be illustrated by fan favorite Brett, Brett Booth. They stole our goddamn idea, and I'm not happy about it. I know they really did. <laughs> they really, they just, really did. We 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 finally ironed out a solid pitch for an Adam X story, and they were like, "But what if we do it?" And I'm like, "That'll be great," but like, I wanted to do that. I want Adam X to be relevant again because so, he's dumb. Uh, the nerd is. I'm actually, excited regardless. That's why. So the nerd has put up. Um, so the nerd has put up some of the uh, plot uh, plot lines they want to see resolved. Um, the mystery of the X-Men's Outback HQ. What? So, in the 90s, in the comics, when they met Jubilee, they were actually in Australia. They were actually the, uh, Is the that Outback. Is Australian Wolverine comes from? No, that's way <laughs> that's before. That's so funny. That's pride of the X-Men. Yeah, I know, but it's way before. Um, but no, so the so what happened is the X-Men um, had um, faked their own debts and then moved to school to Australia. That's where they met the Reavers and everything. I know. Forky, mate. We're the X-Men. That's where they met the Reavers. Um, but they don't know who built that that base for them. They so just showed up. And it's just, like, it's the base here. was there. Uh, Rogue's Probably real last forged. name and lineage. So we don't. Her we, real last name. I thought it was Monroe. No, isn't it Aurora Monroe? That's Storms. What'd you say? Rogue. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was Storm. So was we so always dumb. try to give her. Uh, we always, we know she's like kind it's of Anna Mystique Marie star. is kind of the name she's been given a lot from Mystique, right? No, Mystique. No, Dalcom is the last name for Mystique. No, no, so, isn't like Mystique her mom though? No, she has her adopted family. Adopted family. Yeah, yeah I knew it was something. We don't really know her real lineage. We get, we know her lineage because she's not. She's adopted by uh, Mystique and uh, Mystique and Destiny. Um, but Rogue's last name is never told. Two but, moms. Two moms. I got but, two moms. But uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Um, we know her name's normally been given as Anna Marie. Yeah. Um, she's a good old sugar plum. I mean, yeah, she's Southern Belle. Yeah. Um, what the uh, what Colossus discovered he has a son, which is an outland. What? Yeah, he has a son with a mute, uh, mute uh, woman in the Savage Land. They actually, they also, they actually bring up that story in um, X Men: The End and the sequel series X Men: Next Gen, uh, where Colossus has a, a son. Yeah. What? That's yeah. cool. So that's just some of the ideas that they. Like, and then what so, about Wolverine's daughter from X Men Presents? Can we get that one in? I know, right? Because <laughs> like, what happened to that character? Another one I was thought like another storyline I would like to them to see them resolve or kind of answer is Gambit. Gambit's back backstory, and I'll talk we need about Rogue that. and Gambit's backstory in the same arc. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll go into our topic because uh, because the first because of the, the arc the first arc of X Men Legends being about the Summers family, we decided we'll talk about the Summers family, some of our cool stories, some of the family and the kids and their best storylines and some of the best traits. Corsar, like Cyclops, Havoc, Madeline, Jean, I'm going to go through Adam it. Adamax, Vulcan, and Gambit. Yes, Gambit. It's not true. But <laughs> Eventually I, it will be true. And if I have it and my if, way. if it doesn't become true and you ever become a writer, your run, your first arc Me, is going to be I Gambit. By the time I'm writing book, Chris Summers should be dead. I'll don't be say 80. that, don't jinx it. I'll be 80 and oh, he'll be like 100 something. You're like, are you dead? 40? Yeah, I know, right? So I'm going to resurrect Chris Claremont. And me Just take him. his brain. I know. It's like, put in mind his murder. No, dude, no, dude <laughs> they're going to Walt Disney Chris Claremont. They're going to put him in the X Mansion vault. <laughs> and he'll just be fucking. He's Cerebro. <laughs> he is. He's Chris Claremont Cerebro. Cerebro. <laughs> Alright, guys. So Cerebro. Cerebmont. So we're going to do the basic Summers Family Tree. Um. 
because there's a lot of alternate realities and kids, and I'm not gonna go get into it, except for like two of them that I really want to talk about. Vulcan. Uh, so your main family is we talk about the Summers family. Cable. So you you're I'm gonna talk about the direct ones, which are gonna be uh, Scott Summers, Jean yeah. Grey, Madeline Pryor, Havoc. Uh, sorry, Havoc Summers, Rachel Gray, Nate Gray, Nathaniel uh, Nathaniel Dayspringer, oh, and Strife. Huh? I forgot about X Man. Yeah, and Strife. Those are the ones we're going to focus on, and then there's a couple of special ones that are out of canon that we want to talk about, and some that, from other stories we read, that actually would be a good fit. So, we're going to talk about Scott. Yeah. Um, first period in X-Men number one, 1963. Scott Summers is the leader of the X-Men, Xavier's first recruit, depending on what continuity you're following, uh, to the school. Um, he had, his powers include optic blasts that shoot out of his eyes. How and where? Apparently they're concussive blasts. Yeah, they, they don't have heat. They're just a force. A lot of people think they do have heat, though. Yeah, no, it's a common editing mistake. Yeah, because it's like, they're red lasers. Yeah. So you think they can cut through things. No, it's like a... No, you can't. Yeah, if he focuses enough. Yeah, it's like a it harness is. thing, but like most of them are... But there's no heat. And they knock back. Yeah, there's no heat to it. Yeah. Um, that's why you can shoot at people and they don't instantly they don't have burn. a hole in their chest. You're right, they don't burn. <laughs> it, sometimes they show that it don't. It's weird. It depends on the editor. How and where the powers <laughs> come from, we don't know. Sometimes it's just excuse me, it's just that his body can produce it from solar absorbing solar energy, uh, absorbing um, ambient energy, um, and being able to uh, projectile it through his, his eyes. That's dope, actually. Um, to project it through his eyes. Sometimes it's a um, his eyes are actually portals to the, the realm of Sidorak. and that's oh, I love Sidorak. That's what happens in the energy, the red energy. The reason why it's red and it shoots out is because it's. The power of Sidorak, he's uh, channeling, which is weird. I don't like that one. That seems like a weird one. Yeah, I like it with Juggernaut. <laughs> Keep it yeah. with Juggernaut. Um, so, yeah, that's Scott. Uh, he's the uh, leader of the X-Men. Um, he's been the leader of X-Factor. He is uh, the oldest of the two Summers brothers, depending on what continuity you're talking about. And don't, we don't talk about the X-Men movies. And we will not talk about the X-Men movies here at all. Not today. I'll do a whole X-Men movie thing later on. No, that's a whole other ball game. Yeah, and I will. Uh, but, yeah, so that's Scott in a nutshell. Um, he's actually one of my favorite X-Men of all time. We know. <laughs> uh, and, uh, um, and, uh, recently he's been, not in the, recently, in the last couple of years, you saw, you got to see Chibi, uh, Cyclops. I want to call him something, I want to give him a cute little nickname. Chibi Cyclops? Yeah, time to play Cyclops. It's not Chibi, Chibi is like cartoon. I know, but it's making fun it's of him. baby Cyclops. <laughs> Chibi Clops. Baby Clops. It's Chibi Clops. Kid Clops. Kid Clops, yeah, Kid Clops. Kid Clops. Kid Clops, uh, show up. In comics, when they did all new, all different X Men. Oh, yeah, so that's Cyclops. Which was a good story. It was really and a lot of people story. didn't like it. I know. And there are stuff. There's stuff to hate about it, but it kind of gave you it, the classic team back to basics yes. when all that mumbo jumbo was happening. I know. I liked it. So no, actually, I like that run a lot. Um, next up, in the Summer Family Tree, we will talk about. Oh, and we'll talk about. And once I go, they run out of all the characters. We'll talk about our favorite stuff. You have Havoc, uh, Alex, Alex. Alex Summers. Um, he goes by Cody Havoc. He is a member of the X Men of X Factor. Um, he's been. Why do I? I want to say um, Hellions. Oh yeah, currently Hellions. Um, but I want. I want to say um, X Factor for some uh, X Factor. But before it was X Factor Investigations. He was an X Factor. Yeah, no, he was. He joined up in like issue. I want to say fifty. No, he's with it way before that when he uh, had the blue and gold suit. Well, when did he take over though? 
Oh, as leader? Yeah, 50, right? That issue. Uh, I think that uh, when they did the all-new, all-different X-Factor was him, big guy, Polaris. When big they were guy, strong for, guy. Strong guy, sorry. When they, they were still working for the government. 75. When they were still working for the government. I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. I think it's 75. It's a while back, yeah. So, yeah. Um, he's the head... If you think Scott's arrogant, which he's not... He uh, Alex is. It's because Alex has that. big shoes to fill. Yes, that's what that's what everyone always compares him to his brother. So he's got to be a little bit arrogant to like. Yes. He um, only gets he gets better and then he gets worse because of Axis. Yes. Um. So Havoc has the same uh, same powers uh, as Scott does. He has the ability to generate plasma and fire it from his arms from his hands. Um, they come out differently. Not red concussive, but like weird they, rings. Like, yeah, it looks like... Uh, More yeah. like a sound wave. Also, if you look at his original black costume, the, the amount of rings on his chest is how much energy he had left. That's cool. Yeah, it was cool at anything. I like that a lot. Um, also, he can almost be near God levels because of how much energy he can have. Isn't to he like close to Omega level? Yes, he is. He's um, not Omega, but he's, he's not. Very, he's like because, on the precipice. Because his body can't handle the yeah, amount of Yeah, he would power. die. The limitation is his, his, human, his yeah. humanity. Let's turn him into just energy. Yeah. That's what you can do. Turn him into living energy and he's yeah. the best. Because <laughs> um, you saw that when he fought Vulcan uh, years later. He just went ham. Yeah, because he got kicked into his son and he came out and goes, <laughs> I can do what you do. He's like, I eat that shit. Yeah, I, think I can do what you do. <laughs> like, uh, So, um, Havoc is... Yeah, so that's Havoc, really. It's some over... Oh, um, the reason why Scott and Havoc, if you read has X Men book, you're like, oh well, one's blonde and one has black hair, uh, brown hair, and they're it's brothers, the parents, and right? they haven't seen it yet. That's they, uh, Christopher and Catherine Summers. Yeah. Um, Corsar has brown hair. Catherine we'll, we'll, has we'll get to the uh, we'll get to yeah, we'll dad. get to them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so a big thing is that they were separated uh, when they were younger from a plane crash that took place. Their father, uh, Nathan, was piloting a plane uh, up in Anchorage, Alaska. Name is it Nathan? Huh? Name is it Nathan? Oh is no, it, it's not. Is it Corsar Chris? Yes, Chris. Thank you. I could be wrong. No, I had no. I, I, I just know it's Corsar. That's what I, I know because that's his like space name. I know. <laughs> In space, you call me Corsar. <laughs> I know, my right? Space name. I wonder what my space name would be. Corsar. <laughs> my definitely. Christopher. Corsair. No, it's Christopher. It was Chris. That's what I thought. Yep, it's Christopher. Nathan um, was the grandpa. That's why they named it after. Uh, no, Havoc. the no Nathan. No Nathan um, is Sinister's name. That's he's actually named after the Mrs. Sinister. That's what Havoc's named after? No, Havoc's name is no. Havoc's name is Alex. Alex. Nathan is Cyclops. Uh, Cable. Jesus yes. Christ, I'm so bad at this. <laughs> so, um, they were separated uh, due to a plane crash. In that plane crash, Scott hit his head. That's why he can't control his after blast. Um, they were separated and put in an orphanage. He hit his head, and that's why he couldn't control them. Just don't open your eyes. That's why he can't control. Them. That's oh. the, that's why he can't control them. It's before the, that, he was able to. Like, but he never had them before that. So he was head, too young. The head boosted it? No, he was too young. And it's just the damage that was caused by the... I like the, the red quartz glasses. That's a cool touch. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, they were sent to the, uh, an orphanage in, in Nebraska, which was actually run by the Sinister. They didn't know it. Of course it was. And that was retconned. Like, no, what? it was never retconned. Origin, that was like in the origin. It was run by Essex. It was ne- yeah, it was never because they didn't explore that until later on. To explain oh, what, when okay. Havoc showed I thought up it was like the at the beginning, they were like... <laughs> Sinister. I was like, that's a fucking huge, just like, no. this character we're just going to tease for no, eight he, uh, years later to reveal him. <laughs> when Chris Claremont introduced Mr. Sinister, it was because he was childhood friends with Scott. The original idea was that Sinister was supposed to be, a, a, uh, uh, his mutant ability is that he's an immortal child. He's forever, like, 13. That was supposed and, to be Sinister's original power? Yeah, and the the one you see, the... Kind of like that Kid Apocalypse guy. Right, but what you see, but the the person you see, the, mm-hmm. the, the guy in the black and red... And the black and white, 
is like a body. It's like a body controls. That's really cool. What did they do with that? Scrap it? He scrapped it. Yeah. He actually put it James. in his... Uh, he actually wrote it in his X-Men Forever series. You gotta, you gotta use that. You gotta make that. Canon I'll make again. it X Men Forever three. Like, no, I don't, no, no, I, no, don't do X Men Forever. Just make it like Sinister makes a new body and it's the kid one, and that's how you do the the Gambit story as well. I know, I know. Tie it all in, dude. Uh, you know, I'm going, you're the Sinister guy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so they both. That's kind of cool. I like the kid idea. Yeah. You said it's X Men Forever. Uh, the book's called X Men Forever. I think it's X Men. They did two of them. They, they did, yeah, they did two. It's once because Claremont left the the X Men book. It's like there was a bunch of left over info. That they never like plots get, they, like Legends is gonna like be. Legends is gonna be doing. <laughs> yeah, that's but it wasn't in canon. Uh, but yes, that's one of them. That's uh, X Men Forever and X Men Forever Two. Uh, it's about it's like X Men Forever is like three volumes and X Men Forever's uh, X Men Forever Two is like two volumes. And that one storms with Black Panther. Oh, that's what she is Black Panther. No, she oh. is Black Panther. She's actually she's actually called Ghost Panther. Storm is hair. dead. Mm-hmm. Storm is dead. Oh. Uh, there's e- there's Dark Storm, which is an evil clone of her. The Mohawk one. Yeah. Uh, no, no. It's Bloodstorm. There's so She's a vampire. When Gambit was introduced in comics, he showed up with a child Storm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because she got killed and was turned to a child. There was a child clone of her. What? Oh, because it's sinister. No, that's actually a real book. That's actually happening in the main continuity. No, no, yeah, it's the first Gambit appearance. Yeah, yeah but like that child Storm. It was. It was they How were, was she cloned? Was it sinister? They were on Geno- No, no. They were on Genosha. She got killed. It was part of the whole Genosian thing. Chris Claremont, when he left the book, he left a bunch of things open. One of them is about who this kid Storm was. It, when Claremont left, it was like, oh, I was going to rapidly age Storm and make her a thing because it's fine. She's back to normal. Claremont originally wanted her to stay a kid. And when she died, like her original adult body split into two forms. The adult, vastly aged version, which is Dark Storm, who killed a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And then the Ghost Panther, and then uh, Ghost Panther, who was Storm with a, like a mech outfit on. Okay. But it was like, uh, she was all made of energy. Mm-hmm. Like a lightning? Yeah. Huh. And like, they all, like, the two of them fight. It's actually really cool. It's like three storms in one book. And it's Wolverine's, in... Oh, and Wolverine's dead. And Kitty actually has one of his claws embedded into her. Because she went to face through him to save him. And his claws face got stuck in her body. Ouch! So Holy she has claws. Yeah. They kind of te- they kind of touched upon that in the Star Lord and Kitty Pride uh, Secret Wars series. Because that, that's where she Kitty got from the one claw. That's yeah. Kitty from Airway. And we'll talk about Ultimate Reality X Men stuff later. That's on a whole different. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, I'll actually show you at some point later. Yeah. But anyway, so you have Havoc, X Men Forever. I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, that's you should actually really. Sick. It, yeah, it's you actually really it? cool. I have all. I have the entire run. Let me borrow. Oh, yeah. in singles. No, in trade. Ooh, I'll borrow that later. Yeah, I'll borrow it. Um, so then you have the third Summers brother, uh, Gabriel Summers, which is Vulcan. Gabriel was... This game was introduced in the book called Deadly, Deadly Genesis, and it's actually why X-Men Legends is being made. Um, it's to answer the idea of the third Summers brother that Chris Claremont uh, originally before put, Vulcan. Uh, put, in there, uh, put in the book way before Vulcan was even a thing. Vulcan was an answer to that third brother. Is Vulcan um, Corsar's kid with a space chick? No. Vulcan is actually his and Catherine's kid. Catherine was pregnant when they oh, were Oh, yeah, plane. when they got up to, yep. They mm-hmm. got abducted, and Vulcan, uh, Gabriel was uh, was placed in an incubation chamber and like raised... Shi'ar uh, stuff, right? Yeah, and raised with the Shi'ar. He was, he was, actually, in, uh, he was actually a slave to the Shi'ar. Mm-hmm. Until eventually later, um, breaking out when his powers... Uh, That's why he's in. crazy. Well... well He's crazy for many other reasons. Uh, for that, because well, that's, that's actually why he's very vengeful and very angry. It sucks that they didn't really use him in the X Men, in the Hickman stuff. They used him in like two or three issues. Because you, 
if you go when you look at the Hickman stuff, they're building something up. Because remember when they open him up and they're like, "Oh yeah, you didn't die." Yeah, he's like, hey. and he's not really a resurrection. That's yeah. why, and they all think he is. Because he's like, "Oh, he's nice." No, they, they, we, it's kind of pieced together. They, they kind of lobotomized him. Oh no! That's why he's. Like, I'm making food, guys. Yeah, because he's oh, like, because no. he's too out of control. What if he dies? But then he's starting. But he's starting to piece it all together in that issue. That's why he does the whole fight scene. And he's like, I can't hold this back anymore, oh, and goes nuts. Interesting. I can't. He, Vulcan was it's too much of a slow build for me. I think that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, Vulcan was a servant to Shi'ar. He was a slave to them, uh, especially to the uh, the Shi'ar Imperium at the time was Deken, um, Which... who is uh, Lalanda's brother and Deathrow's older brother. Okay. Uh, he was the Imperium at the time. Um, eventually, his powers come into being. He's able to leave the Shi'ar homeworld, uh, Chandelar, and come back to Earth. Chandelar. And he goes, when he gets back to Earth, he's found by Xavier. Xavier Xavier's like bruh. puts together his whole team. Um, helps him learn his powers, blah, blah, blah. Um, goes, ships him off to Krakoa to save, uh, the original team who was captured. That's where the whole deadly, uh, the whole, um, Johnson's X-Men issue is about. Oh, Vulcan's, like, low-key in there? No, his team was there first. That's really cool. Yeah. And then they failed, and, and then he was like, failed. Team 2! They failed. Who was the team in that one? Uh, it was brand new characters. It was Darwin, Vulcan, Petra, or Sway. They were brand new mutants made for the Deadly Genesis book. Um... Vulcan actually ended up taking all their powers while they were on Krakoa and shielding themselves into it because um, the what Krakoa does. I like those cool little retcon things, like yeah. on this other side of the island that we didn't get to. No, they were already on, another. Team. No, they were on the island. He actually met them. Yeah, but they don't show it in the actual book. In the original cool. book, yeah. in Deadly Justice, in Deadly Justice, yeah, they show the meeting. Game. And what ends up happening is, um, I like that. They fail. I think I have to have the Genesis. And now. then Xavier wipes everyone's mind of them. He's like, just kidding. And like, here's this other team that actually really helped you. Wolverine and them, right? Mm-hmm. That's fucking funny. Yes. And that's why he's messed up. So after being trapped in space for a while, because he ends up... lobotomized three times. <laughs> yeah. Well, he gets shot. He, shays, he shoots himself up into space and kind of is around. He ends up um, being trapped uh, in this kind of, kind of bubble. Sway this has, sounds like stupid soap opera stuff, and I wish I was around when the X-Men books were like this one. Because that's kid. really cool. Like, I wish, like, when I was, like... This wasn't that long ago. This was only, like, 2000... Deadly Genesis came out in, like, 2007. No, but, like, I was fucking, like... I was eight. Yeah. I wasn't reading X-Men. My right. dad would talk about it. I wasn't reading it, though. But, like... Oh, man, I, I was in college when you were eight years old. Yeah, I'm a baby, bro. I just oh, turned 23. God. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Oh, I forgot I that. I wish I yeah, was, so he was um, trapped for the old X-Men stuff. Yeah, he was trapped in this, like, little thing. He was trapped my in... My dad got to live in the heyday. Same with Phil. Yeah. Live in the heyday of X-Men. So, Sway had a power of um, time manipulation. So, she froze time around them and died in the process. Of course Petra she had the ability to... Because uh, Vulcan took her powers and he absorbed Darwin. I know Darwin does, yeah. yeah. So, they were trapped in there until M-Day happened. And then um, Omega, uh, the Collective, went to space and the Vulcan absorbed all the energy of the Collective and went back to Earth to rain vengeance upon Xavier. <laughs> Got beat, and there was like a beat them. It was like, you know what? I'm not going to kill you, but I am going to go after Shi'ar and wipe them off the face of the planet and dipped out. And then they made another book called Uncanny X Men, and he went, That's the book to deal with him. That's cool. <laughs> While he became emperor of the Shi'ar. Emperor Zerg. <laughs> also, one of the storylines I want them to wrap up is whether or not um, Deathbird actually had their baby. Interesting. They actually have a. She's pregnant, and we don't know oh, if they're. Event. Which actually be cool. I have a whole story with that. I actually brought that up too. And those Next the, up in the Summers those are the family th- tree. Those are the three Summers brothers. Let's talk about Daddy. Oh, yeah. So we can talk about Corsair, Christopher. He's a, he's a quick one. Yeah. Uh, so Christopher Summers uh, was a pilot. Um, Think Hal Jordan with a mustache. Yeah. 
Um, he was a pilot for the U.S. Uh, US Air Force, uh, married Catherine Summers, that's uh, Scott and Alex and, and Gabriel's mother. Um, and her flight that went wrong, they were captured by the Shi'ar, and he was, just like his son, was enslaved by the Shi'ar. His wife, Catherine, was killed in front of him. Um, it was real that she wasn't, though? No, she was. They just ripped the baby out of her. Oh, they're like, Kalima! Yeah. <laughs> um, because there's another part where we get to the the two alternate reality ones that we, we both talked about before. Yeah. Um, then you have, uh, so, in that, he ends up meeting friends in kind of a war-bound situation. Star Jammers. And creates Star Jammers. They were all slaves. Chad. Yes. <laughs> Who's Chad? but it's Chad. Chad, um, Hervesta, uh, Cosair. And then that cat lady. That's Hervesta. Okay. Um, there's one more, and there's four of them. With the big guy, the big art, the big uh. Chad's the big green guy. Okay, so, oh, Razor. Yeah. Razor, it's the like fencer. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the true pirate. Yeah. <laughs> the the actual like a true pirate. pirate. Yeah. And he ends up forming the Star Jammers, which are the space pirates. It's Guardians Galaxy before the Guardians. Before Guardians, Galaxy. Galaxy. before what we knew was Guardians Galaxy, yeah. uh, which I really hope they would have done a like, Guardians, a true Guardians of Galaxy, like early, like when they first did that team. Like Guardians three thousand crossover. No, like Guardians, um, like with this current like team, Star Lord Mantis, that yeah. old team, the original, the but stuff. that yeah, the Abner team. Meeting up with the Star Jammers and doing, awesome. doing pirate things together. That would have been so cool. Be like rival pirates. That would have been so cool. Yeah. Or, or the Ravagers. Yeah. With Yondu being but there was, No, pirates. but there's no Ravagers that things. Well, now it does. Well, they were retconned in. Yeah. yeah. But yes. So that's Cosair. He's a brash space pirate. He's Flash, he is Flash Gordon. He is like what you think of space pirates. He's Han Solo and Hal Jordan put together. Yeah. He's Devonair. He he's suave. He definitely had sex with that cat lady. He it, it, yeah, it's not even like a. Yeah, they <laughs> like talk about it. They talk about it. Yes. read the Cyclops book when he, uh, the kid Cyclops goes up into space. Fantastic book, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it's awesome. He's basically like, yeah, I bang this chick. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, dad. <laughs> he's like dad's new girlfriend. Uh... <laughs> to call you mom? <laughs> to me, mom's been dead. Hasn't been dead that long. <laughs> well, now mom's a furry. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. So those are your main Summers family. Then you go on to the kids. I'm not going to talk about Gina Madeline. That's a whole different thing. It's a whole situation. But I was not talking about the and kids. the mom doesn't have that much information to really go on. Ka- yeah, so. Catherine really has nothing much. Um, But you have the Oh, what about children. Adam Extreme? Are you going to count him yet? I'm going to talk about those. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I have he's definitely all... not a kid. He's a I brother? W- no. Okay. I, w- I have a whole thing separate for Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I want to make sure you don't forget. I know. Because I, I love Adam Extreme. I know. <laughs> so you have the three. You have the actual three in-canon children uh, for Scott. You have X Men, who, and I say that in canon, he is Jesus, which is mutant messiah. He's, he's one of the terms of the mutant messiah. Um, His name is Nate. Yes, it's Nate Gray. He is pretty much he is an alternate version of Cable, who is Nathan yes, Summers, who is Nathan Christopher. So sorry, I know this. Nathan Christopher Alex. No, Scott it, Summers. no, it's Nathan. <laughs> it's Nathan Christopher Dayspring Acoustic Sun Summers. What? Yep, that's his actual full name. And I'm glad I actually got that without looking that up. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. <laughs> like, it's other names he's gotten. Nikoski's son is because actually Rachel gave that that name to him. Uh, I'll explain Rachel, Cable's origin in a second and what, how Rachel deals with that, and even though she's an alternate version of the door. All right, so then you have you have Nathan, you have X-Men, which is uh, uh, Nate, it was Nate Gray, who was born in the Age of Apocalypse, created by Mr. Sinister, as a means to take, as an ultimate weapon to take down Apocalypse. Uh, using the DNA of Scott, uh, uh, prelate Scott Summers, uh, prelate Summers, and uh, Rebel uh, X Men uh, Jean Grey. He was created in Tube. Yeah. Then you have Tube Baby. Um, he is everything Cable's not. He's younger. 
He has more. He has, he's younger, um, but has less control of his powers he because has a techno organic virus. Because he had no TO virus. Yeah. Oh so, no, I thought you were talking about. Sorry. No, no, not, not Cable. Because he has no TO virus, that makes him so much more powerful mm-hmm. than Cable. Yeah. Then we'll talk about Cable, which is two versions currently around. You have. Adult Cable, which I'll do the first, and then I'll do Kid Cable. They're basically the same, but... One's just a younger version of the main cable. And then... So, Kid... There's three cables, technically. Kid Cable? Strife. Yes. Yeah. I was going to get to that <laughs> Technically, there's three cables. Yeah. So, you have Cable and his twin brother, Strife. Uh, they're clones... Strife is a clone yeah, of Cable. Really twin brothers, but yes. Yeah. Say Strife that. is a clone of Cable, created by the uh, Akatsu-san. Um, uh, uh, sorry, created by Mother Akatsuki. In case Cable, in case Nathan was to die of the TO virus, there was someone else to take over. Uh, Apocalypse and his uh, raiders came in and took one of the babies. And it happened to be Strife. And then it turned out that, well, he named the Strife for a little bit. We didn't know which was the real Cable until yeah. they finally said the one that Rachel raised was the actual, her brother. The other one is the clone. Corrupted by Strife, or corrupted by Apocalypse, still having the TO virus, but would have been the vessel for Apocalypse. Strife's design is so cool. Was, yeah, he was so 90s. So all knives, really sharp. all sharp. Big cape, really sharp. Yeah, <laughs> Adam Extreme, no cape, really sharp. <laughs> so then you have Cable, who is actually the son of uh, Scott Summers and Madeline Pryor. Madeline Pryor is a clone of Jean Grey, created by Mr. Sinister. Because Mr. Sinister is so tied into the Summers lineage, it actually is goes all the way back to Scott's great 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 grandfather, Philip Summers, because uh, when he was Sinister in is an immortal child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because um, he broke down and found out that the DNA that he was carrying, Summers. Is it wasn't his uh, the original name, I guess. Um, Summers was the adopted name. Um, that bloodline had like this uh, mutant potential that um, Sinister wanted to exploit eventually because mm. he didn't want to be a slave to Apocalypse forever. So Cable is actually the son of Madeline Pryor and Scott Summers. Madeline's a clone of Jean created by Scott uh, in order to create an ultimate mutant, mutant to, to be able to take down Apocalypse. Cable uh, was actually first shown in X Factor, uh, I think, uh, around Is, four. I thought it was New Mutants. No, Baby Cable was in canon before Adult Cable. Oh, he was actually gotcha. in the book. He was Madeline was pregnant and, and bore him in the book. Kind of like a trunk situation. Like it's like it's a kid and then he shows up. Right. And you're like, oh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. Actually. So now we know where they got that story from. Well, no, it's a little different, but yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, no, when you think about it. Well, no, because Bowman, Bowman and Vegeta weren't together when Trunk showed up. Right. They yeah, got together true. after. Yeah. But he was still born. Yeah, because yeah. time. Things happened. Um, yeah, so Cable. Fuck's a condom. <laughs> <laughs> You're a. Cable <laughs> Yeah, I know. I love it. Uh, so yeah, Cable was born. His mother tried to sacrifice him a bunch of demons. That's the Inferno story life. Yeah, Inferno. And then. Disco Inferno. And then, uh. Madeline became the Goblin Queen and got messed up. And now she's in Hellions. And, and now she's in Hellions. <laughs> um, and Gene came back and was like, that's not my kid, but I'm going to raise him as it. And they were like, here, Gene, here's all the memories of you raising him, even though you didn't raise him. Who cares? Which is weird. It's I didn't like... Filling in plot holes. Yeah. Well, no, they gave they did it so uh, Gene would have a maternal connection, even though she would have one anyway. But anyway. Because it's still genetically your child anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, so Cable... Um, Cable was then infected with the TO virus from by Apocalypse, which is the metal arm. Yes, uh, a technological virus is actually um, similar to what Warlock is. I was going to say it's exactly Warlock, just yeah. doesn't kill you. I yeah, mean, it kills you. I mean. It kills you. Um, so what ended up happening is they had to um, give him up. Someone from the future showed up. An older lady shows up from the future and says, "I'm going to take your son." 
Scott and Gene have to give up Cable to save him. And the person they actually give that child to is Rachel. They didn't realize that. And even Cable didn't like realize. Claremont didn't realize that. No, he did. Oh, Claremont was like, I yes. planned that It's legit. an alternate, older version of Rachel. Oh. And who's Rachel? So, that's why that segue. Oh, by the way, Kid Cable is just douchey Cable. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kid Cable came into continuity during extermination. extermination. He's just a younger version of Cable from he's a, he, he hasn't been altered by... Old age. Old age and, and war. And war and, and living Deadpool. in a disposed, dystopian timeline where everyone you know and love is dead. And Deadpool. So that's why he's a little brash, egotistical little well, shit face. He killed him meet Deadpool until fucking years later. I know, but it's funny. Years and years and years and years later. Has nothing to I do can't with wait that. till Deadpool meets Kid Cable in an official capacity. I know, right? Anyway, so... Uh, I think they did. Not in official capacity. They met, but not in like a... Yeah. Oh, so you have Rachel. Rachel is the daughter from the Age of Apocalypse line. Actually, there Chris Claremont is going to be doing a prequel to explain what happened, how, why Rachel was born, and how she ended up being coming a hound. Weird. It's an answer they never got. Is it a giant size X Men or is it part of Legends? No, it's part of a five hundred dollar fucking compendium they're putting together. Oh, don't give me new content in a book that costs five hundred dollars. Yeah, so Time to find it online. Sorry, boys, I'm not rich. <laughs> no, they may, they'll probably put it as a one shot later on. Okay, thank God. Giant size X Men. Rachel. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Done. So, hey guys, hire us. Uh, so they, Rachel <laughs> is from the uh, Days of Future Past timeline, uh, in which uh, Sentinels rule the world. She is the daughter of Scott and Jean. Still, um, she ends up in our timeline after Days of Future Past is over. She probably was a member of Excalibur, and then the X Men later on. She's currently uh, taking the name Prestige and is in the, the team X Factor. I don't like her name, but I yeah. it makes I like sense. Just being called Rachel. Yeah, because she was Marvel Girl for a little bit and Phoenix. And Marvel Phoenix. Girl works better. She was Marvel Girl, she, which was Jean's original code name. Uh, she was Phoenix Two. She was. I don't like Prestige. Prestige. Though. This makes sense. She was Hound and Hound else. works. Well, because that's what she was. She's evil. She got the mark yeah. on her face. Um, her power, Ahab, right? Yeah, from Ahab. Uh, her powers are everything her mother's. Plus, she is the embody. She, because Jean gave birth to her when she was actually bottom with the Phoenix Force. Jean, uh, Rachel has the ability to tap into the Phoenix Force. That's why she gets a little fire. Every yes, she's able to actually tap into the Phoenix Force. Those are the actual summer skins. That's your direct current continuity. Lovely everyday reading for X-Men. Those are the ones that stem from from the our Scott, our Jean. That's and how this technically works. Madeline and Madeline. As I was gonna say, you didn't talk about hope, but that's because it's a cable thing. It's, a it's cable. not really like a like... hope is the adopted child. Yes, I'll talk about hope real quick. Yeah, because she's gonna get hope, and then we're gonna get into your pocket. Yes. So, so hope is the adopted daughter of Cable. She is the mutant messiah. Um, she was uh, rescued and found by Cables, and the reason why she, she took the name Hope from her adopted mother that Cable was dating currently before she was killed. Um. So she has her mother's name and the last name Summers because that's Cable's last name. Yeah, and we don't. She has the she has the power of ultimate power mimicry, uh, which means she's like she, Rogue two point Yes, she's the better version of Rogue. When she's she's like mimic but better. Yeah, so it's a better one, mimic. Yeah. So yeah. who's your mom? Do, who's your real parents? Do we we know? don't know. Maybe for the, the legends. That's one of the things. Well, no, they did. They did go back to her. Uh, they found like her grandmother. They were just nobodies. They're just people. Yeah, they did. This mutant thing. gene isn't genetic. Mutant gene is just the, like, the, the, the mutant gene is genetic. It's Ice Man's parents don't have mutant powers. Yeah, you don't. Show, you you just don't have an X gene. Not not every not every mutant is uh, will produce mutant offspring, and not every uh, human will have a human offspring. It's just really a random crapshoot. So but they it's made not hopes. Genetic. No, it's genetic. It's, 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 it just doesn't trigger. Gene. Yeah, that's oh, all. It's gotcha, triggering gotcha, of gotcha. the X gene. Mm-hmm. Or you don't, you may not be born with the X gene. That's what it is. You may not. And be then born. it can be implanted into you. It like, can be implanted like Sinister did yeah. in uh, House of Powers. 
Um, you can be born with it and never activated. Maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so XG in itself is uh, it's just a thing. Fun. Um, I will do a whole X Men th- thing eventually. Um, but yes, so um, we, we covered Corsar and and Chris and, and oh, Kate, not, uh, Catherine and Catherine. We got the two brothers. Yeah, the three brothers. We got the, okay, I forgot about Vulcan. We got Jean Grey, technically with the kids. Kind of, yeah. We got Madeline with the kids. Yep. We got the kids' kids. Yes. Let's oh, talk and about. Cable, uh, and, and also, Cable has a son named Genesis. Uh, it's been implied that uh, um, Cable was married once by a woman named Elena. Genesis is actually one of the. Uh, is on, works for Apocalypse. He has no mutant abilities, but it's very heavily implied that it was actually Strife pretending to be Cable and raped Alina to give birth to Genesis. So it's Strife's kid? Yeah. But it's technically Cable's kid. Well, they never. Legends, baby. Legends, baby. Yeah, like. (laughs) It's one of the unanswered questions. And now let's get to the big unanswered questions. So there are a couple alternate reality children that exist. Let's not go too heavy into into this. Small, small, quick. Because I want to talk about Adam and Gambit. The Gambit thing. It's only a, it happened once. It is true. There's two. So it I'll do. Foretold. I'll do the Gambit one quickly, because um, it's one of my alternate, my favorite alternate reality versions of the the Summers family. Because we don't know much about Gambit really. Right. Because he has very similar I've, powers. I, this is a pattern that I've picked up on. We don't know anything about X Men, <laughs> except for Cyclops. I know a lot about X Men, no, 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 but no, we don't get no, no. answers. You know, we we know about Cyclops. We know about Havoc. Yes. Vulcan's a little up in the air. We know most. No, of No, we know stuff. we know all of Vulcan. We, we know 100 percent rock Vulcan. We know oh yeah, yeah, about yeah. It. My my question was about um about Gen- like Dayspringer. Yeah, about Genesis may or may not be Strife's kid. The fact that but, like, but th- th- as much as we know about X Men, we really don't know about X Men. Yes, that's what we learned. That's what's great I was about sitting this. there, I'm like, oh, shit, we what don't the know fuck? This. I was like, what? we don't know right, anything. So we're gonna talk about two uh, two open ended maybe family members that we hope that uh, well, I mean, we know one of them is gonna be answered. Yes, yes so, whether it's yes or no, it's gonna be answered. It's gonna be answered in X Men Legends. We, we were gonna say yes. We're gonna Let's talk see about what Fabian. We're says. gonna talk about right now. I guess we'll talk about Adam X first. Yeah, Adam X or Adam Extreme. Um, in continuity, we know is either the child of. Uh, so when he first shows up, he has a like he has his, he's definitely the nineteen nineties product. He has like his a acidic blood. Extreme. He has a backwards hat. Was he, he, he has acidic blood? That's one of his powers. I think he also has a skateboard. Actually, I'm gonna look. Th- I won't look up exactly what his powers are. I don't know what his powers are. I just know he's cool. I know he has one. I thought he had, it was like a mixture of Shatterstar and Longshot, where he's like got razor sharp blood or some shit. Yeah, come he's on. like Spike, where he like shoots blood and it's like hurts people. I could be totally wrong. I've only read one Adam Extreme story. I used to know it off the top of my head. It was just annoying because he has... Uh, He's had to lose that information because you were like, this is stupid. Yes. Oh, his <laughs> powers are uh, electrokinetic hemo, hemopyrokinesis. He can light his blood on fire, basically. Yes. That's kind of cool, actually. That's so extreme. <laughs> but we have confirmed that he is a human-shear hybrid. So, so is it Ka- blonde hair, is it Catherine's so kid I'm, that I'm she's not explain, dead? I'm going to explain everything. When they ripped in, the baby out, they were like, all right, let's put it back together. No. So, it's been heavily implied that Adam is actually the son of Deacon and Catherine. That Catherine didn't die the day that they brought her up, brought her up to Shear Space. That's just what everyone told her. That everyone they told her, them. and then Deacon raped and then killed her. And that's how Adam was born. Gotta love it. And then that's Deacon's why... so cool. That's why... I know, he's... He's just sad. He's, he's the best, bro. He's so cool. Yeah. Well, that's why there's a whole thing like Lavandra and Deathbird. Like, oh, well, we want to overthrow him. Yes, you absolutely yeah, should overthrow him. Yeah, he this sucks. Team. He's so bad. <laughs> like, 
remember this is why like this is also why I love Game of Thrones. <laughs> I got this in X Men when I was like eight years old. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Game of Thrones is X Men. Uh, George R. R. Martin, what are you doing, man? So um, you have so it's very heavily implied that he raped Catherine, and that's why the actual mutant gene comes from Catherine's family. And that's why he has mutant abilities. That's why Corsair does that. But that's why Cor- because that's the whole question is how it kind of has to come. And three, if you go, three of your kids have mutant abilities. One of the neither parents. one of you have them. Yeah. Someone in your family carries an X gene. It's very heavily implied that Catherine's the one who carried the X gene in her family. Well, it would be confirmed if it was Kate Adam. Yeah, if Adam ends up being confirmed. Dude, oh my God, ready? What if? We know Gambit's some product of Sinister. I'll explain but what if. Thing. Here's my pitch. What if? So we, we know Adam Extreme is from Catherine's side. What if Gambit's from Corsar's side? Brown hair. What if Gambit is like a weird Florida bot? Not Florida. Oh my god. Louisiana. The, Louisiana. Fucking Corsar banged this chick right before he met Catherine, and that's why because Gambit looks a little bit older than some of them sometimes. It's just how they draw them. Yeah. It's dumb. He looks. He's definitely older than Havoc. I don't know if he's older than Cyclops. Well, Havoc and Scott are twins. Sometimes depends on kind of no. He's a younger brother. I know, yes. A lot of, he's got a lot to look up to and a lot to fill in. So, uh, so yeah. But yeah Adam Four Stars Sh- kid. Is, <laughs> I'm going to explain. Give Gambit a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the big confirmation. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, Adam Extreme, um, he's been around in conversation. They've always, they've never answered that question whether or not he's really Deacon's kid. because they forgot. And they've, they've talked about him being Deacon's kid. Often, because even the laundry is. Oh, because he it is up. Shi'ar, period. He's got the pointy ears. Yeah, he's Shi'ar, but it doesn't mean that Shi'ar's a race. It doesn't mean that he's um, Deacon's child. But for the fact that he's half human, raises all the questions. And he has blonde hair, and not many humans have been Shi'ar space really before the, the summers Besides got Professor there. Professor X, too. Yeah before, yeah, before the summers really got there, and that's happened before Xavier got there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea of him being a half human, half Shi'ar hybrid is a big thing. Also, for the question that kind of remains. Is that um, he carries the last name uh, Namari, which is actually the house that La- that Lalandra and uh, Cat's Eye um, from and Deacon, D- uh, Deacon uh, are from. So it, he so can easily be adopted, but and he's it's more implied that he's actually Deacon's rape baby. I am excited to see Legends now. And we'll know. Either in the first issue or the last issue, we'll know. Right. Because the big cliffhanger would be, I'm actually your brother, bum, bum, bum. Right. And then we get to see, and we would confirm, like, the rape. Or maybe it wasn't rape. Let's maybe not no, push the rape thing. it's going to be a rape it's thing. probably a rape thing. Yeah. But let's not push the rape thing. And then, like, it'll slowly be, oh, we are brothers, and then Adam will die. <laughs> no, because in canon now, remember? It's in canon. The book is set in the past. It's just in canon. Remember that. I know, but they'll probably have like relevancy into the current stuff too. Yeah, like Adam will show up on the but moon Adam's and be like, "Cyclops, well, no, let me tell you a story book, about my mom." The book itself won't play in. The book itself is set during that time period. You'll never see current stuff. Oh, then I didn't even like dip their toe into it. No, it was. Uh, ex- I wanted him to like show up and like, let me tell but you. But then, story. like in the current X Men books, you'll see the ramifications of this. Stuff. Yeah, like That's how Sword is. is gonna right. Because even the Sword's not an X Men book; it's an X Men book. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then the third, the other one is that the other played. So and this all is based on the idea of the third summer's brother. So oh, Adam Extreme, uh, so, well, no. Originally, Originally this all New comes out from the third. Yeah. So first we had Adam Extreme show up. It was never confirmed nor denied that he was Catherine's uh, baby. Um, the, the next one in timeline order was Vulcan, but then we got the book The End by, uh, the X-Men The End. Yeah, the original The End stuff, right? Yes. And Chris Claremont wrote that story. So it's canon. <laughs> I know. In my head, it's all canon. Everything Claremont writes he, in X-Men is canon. Because he wrote, he, in the X-Men, the end book, he actually writes that uh, Emma and Scott are married. I like that. And they have three kids. Oh, my God. Who are they? 
They're cool. Actually, the daughter's actually bars. Oh, man. I guess she, I have to spin she, up. She shoots red diamonds. No, she, uh, the kids are just She could go young. diamond up and then become a living laser. Uh, I'll That's explain something do. else. I'll explain. When we do a, like, a alternate reality episode, I'll tell you about some cool X-Men alternate, alternate realities, because there's a I, million. We could. But yeah, so my favorite is the idea that uh, the third brother is actually um, Gambit. Well, the and, fourth brother. No, because in the memory, you have to realize. This, oh, this is, is before the times, I Yes, know. before the times. So, in the, the before I, times. Yeah, so in the idea that the third summer's brother, the, the mystery, the question, uh, the answer to the question of who the third summer's brother is, is Gambit. Um, actually, he's a clone of Cyclops and Sinister. It makes sense, because he has the kinetic powers, like, yes. like the energy manipulation. Yes. And he's got the eyes of Sinister. And the red eyes. Yeah. And actually, when in the book, uh, which is cool, actually, in the X-Men, the end book, he actually wears Sinister's clothes. Nice. And he has Sinister's diamond on his head. Nice. But he looks like uh, Gambit. Gambit. And he's like, yeah, I'm a... Because he goes, they use some weird stuff, that some DNA thing, that's how they find out he's a Summers. And he goes, yeah, I always kind of, I never understood why, like, why powers never really worked on Scott before. Because siblings have uh, power immunity to each other. Mm. By the way, that's better than a fight and they don't No, like... it's power immunity. That's, they, they've recon that. Yeah. But uh, but yes, so he's actually the child of Miss Sinister and a clone. Of, like a mix between Cyclops and... Uh, he's actually Cyclops' brother. That's really cool. But his father would have been like... He's a clone of Cyclops, but like he's a mix with Sinister's DNA. Yeah. So he's actually Sinister's son, Cyclops' brother. Interesting. Actually, I'll show you actually the picture because it's actually really... It's a cover of one of the issues. Nice. Pull it up. Um... You know, uh, in Captain Marvel issue twenty three, I think they're doing uh, they're touching upon the end stuff that happened uh, yes. here, and they have uh, Anna Marie LeBeau or whatever her yes, name is. That's the daughter of yes. yeah, and she's rogue but with Gambit's eyes. I'm like, yes. that's so cool. Gambit's eyes are dope. It's cool because I actually love this book. Pull it up, pull it up. Yeah, so I, I kind of like that one too. It's a good fan theory for the most part. Yes, I, it is. I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Yeah, he's a clone. Yeah, he's a clone of Miss Sinister, the genetic template of Scott Summers. His, he married Rogue, and he has a son. Yeah. Oh yeah, he has a son. His son's actually a savage. That's his son in the the end series. Oh, I can't see it. Oh damn it! Best well, they have a daughter now too. Yeah, Oliver LeBeau. I like that. His codename is X Man. Oh, he was the new X Man back in. Yeah, okay. for this one, um, so he kind of looks like Nate too. Yeah, because he's a Summers. That's yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this all comes out from X-Men Volume 2, number 23. That he might be the third Summer's brother. Cool. Why don't we see the cover of him with the, uh... I know, I'm trying to look for him in the suit. Just look up Gambit Sinister. I don't want dead air, James. You gotta be faster. You gotta be quicker than that! Come on, man. Hey. But yeah, so those are the kids. That's, uh, it's, uh, a little dip into the Summer's family. Uh, some of the cool stuff. I think uh, there's one more. I think we missed one. I know we did miss a few um, kids. Mind Witch and Ruby. Yes, that's a bunch and of Hyperstorm. Them. Oh, that is cool. That's him. Just he weird. just looks sinister, but yeah. no, that's him using that. But then there's an actual picture of him, like yeah. So who is Hyperstorm? Hyperstorm is the child of Rachel, uh, Rachel Summers, and Franklin Storm. Cool. So in the air, you don't gotta give me too much. This is just quick. In Days of Future Past, they were actually a couple. That's why I kind of always want. Why in the current continuity I want like frankly like to hit on Rachel a little bit. I think they meet up in um, X Men Fantastic Four. They don't. Oh, I thought they did briefly. No, that's why I want. I want a scene where he like, because in, in the effort books he's been going back and forth to Krakoa. I want him to like low key hit on Rachel, yeah. and Rachel's like playing it off because she yet. knows in her time like in yeah. her like in her life she'll She's might... like ha 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 fuck okay <laughs> like no get away from me pervert kid uh, who's Ruby Summers is that the one Ruby that... is the daughter of Scott and Emma and so is uh, Mind Witch I assume yes cool uh, Scott and Emma 
That's cool. I dig that. Yeah, I I found a Summers family tree by an artist that with the an artist with the signature of Peter. I will look more into it later for the thumbnail. And I'll post it up. It'll probably be our thumbnail unless I just get all the Cyclopses fighting each other, which I think is really cool too. Well, I like that one. <laughs> That's I, I love that cover. They're both pretty cool. Um, and I think we're missing one other child. No, I got them all on here. Oh, oh, uh, Genesis. Genesis. We talked about that. Yeah. This yeah. is this is all the X family, not counting Gambit. This is the picture I have. Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're good. I think we got them all. Let's. Uh, do you want to briefly talk about? This is a longer topic because it was more information based. Do you want to quickly talk about your favorite Cyclops stories? I only have two, because I only really started getting into the X-Men right when I started reading comics. Okay. I, don't remember, I know the X-Men. I know X-Men, the 90s, uh, the 80s, 90s Oh, that's show. the cover. Nice. I know the X-Men 90s show. I know X-Men Evolution. I know, you know, yeah. comics and movies. Uh, my but... favorite Cyclops, like, my favorite summer story actually is, um, actually not even a Scott story. It's actually um, a Havoc story. It's a uh, Havoc versus, it's Havoc versus Vulcan in War of Realms. When uh Volk when uh Havoc took over the leaders should be being the leader of Starjammers. And he In War of the Vol- Realms? Yeah. In the Uncanny Realm of Kings. Book. Realm of Kings, okay. I was like, I don't think he Not was. Not War of Realms. Realm of Kings, sorry. Okay. <laughs> um He uh was the leader of Starjammers and he forged fought Fort Vulcan space. It was actually the first time he got to Is that we got thrown into the sun? Yes. Yeah, and it was nice. like he told him to go kick rocks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yes. Is that, yeah, that's what happened. It's actually really cool. It was the first time you actually got to see Havoc, like, besides, like, the whole living pharaoh, living monolith story and the 12 um, back in the day, You actually, this was actually the time you got to see him, like, at a full potential, like, the best Havoc could be. So yeah. that's my favorite, one of my favorite X-Men yeah. Summer's Family stories. As meh as some people think this book is, I really, really, really like the Cyclops book that came out with uh, when he was a kid and he left the X-Men team. Yeah. And he joined up with Corsar to be in space. It was a nice father-son story that Cyclops never really got to have those memories of. Yeah. And Corsar never got to really spend time with his kid. So that was really cool. And then we find out in War of Realms that Cyclops remembers all those memories because he teams up with the champions. And he's like, no, I remember everything. You guys are my best friend. Yeah. Like, I, I remember you that guys. Actually, I like yeah. that. that. So it technically counts that um, he had all those memories with Corsar, and I really think that's cool. And they, I think they loosely touch upon that in the Uncanny X... Uh, not Uncanny. In the... Uh, Hickman X-Men book. Yes. I think they say something about, like, remember when we were in space? And he's like, oh, yeah, like, last year, he's like, 20 years ago for me? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's really cool. So, yeah, I dig that. Uh, yeah. I also like all new, all different, oh, no, all new, different, uh, all new X-Men where they're time displaced. I like the kid Cyclops. I think he's, like, cool to see him not be, because in the current timeline of the X-Men books, when that was around, Cyclops was basically a douche. Oh, that was Colossus's kid. That's another ad. That's from the it's another uh, ad. Oh, I've seen him before. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's from that's the one with the Savage Land Beauty. Cool. beauty. That's the one that we may get the answer to. Sorry. Cool. Uh, all good. No, but I I really liked um the all new Cyclops because you got to see him not be a douche because in yeah. the books he was an asshole. He was. Even though he was right, he I mean, was an asshole. Yes. So you got to see Kid Cyclops react to, I don't want to be this weird dictator. I want to be my own person. Everybody thinks I'm going to be this, so they treat me like that, but I want to be my own. I thought that was really cool. It really was. That's, that's why he really spun out into the Cyclops book. He's like, I, he's like, I don't want to turn out to be this asshole, so I'm going to do something this Cyclops didn't do. I'm going to go into space with Dad and get advice and fucking alien. And I was like, that's really cool. And that's when Gene started hitting on Beast, and I was like, ugh, no, what are you doing? Good God. And that's when Bobby was gay. Yeah. Because Bendis was like, what if we make no. an X-Men gay? And I was like, that's fine. And then he's like, but what if we do it poorly? And I'm like, oh, yeah, done goofed, kid. Right. 
Like, I don't care if Ice Man's gay. I just, it's so bad how they made him gay. They're like, Jean Grey's like, oops. And I'm like, bro, I know she reads minds, but like, don't spill the beans, chief. I know, right? She should have just kept it to himself and brought him to us to the side instead of outing him right quick. Well, anyway. Which we get that conversation after. We talked about it with Justin yeah. a while ago. Yeah. The conversation with adult Iceman, Iceman, and her should have been the uh, the initial. Like, oh, I found out. Not, yeah. he's gay. Yeah, no. And then it was like, oh, I was like, oh, my God, what? Oh, it's so we'll cool. It's so yeah. cool, but so bad. I know. But, yeah, so that's the initial family summers. Uh, we'll talk about alternate reality X-Men stuff in another episode because there's a fun... Battle for the Atom, basically. There's a whole bunch of fun stuff. There's X-Men the end, Battle for the Atom. There's a future past. Um, that's when you get beast but then he looks more like a beast rather than a man with fur, blue fur yeah that's that's yeah it's age of extinction yeah. um oh, sorry that's e for extinction um you have ex- uh, extinction ex- agenda yeah extinction agenda there's a lot of extinction with uh, uh, x-men yeah you have house of m you extermination. have that's extermination that's not ultimate universe but that's yeah, more yeah. x-men there's a ton of x-men stuff we will talk about on the show eventually as I... and you got x-men stuff with tests still coming up yes i do and but that's, i'm the only doing airways so yeah so that's a lot and hopefully next year if she does x month again i want to go on there and talk about all new all different x-men yeah. or all new x-men or something because i like that story or just do the cyclops book yeah. i think she'd like that one so yeah, that's our extra stuff. Let's go. So, Topics. We like Cyclops and the Summers family. And Cyclops I do right like Adam time. Extreme because he's so cool and so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully so, Fabian can make him fantastic. Go, yeah, I know, right? We're jumping to our books. Hunter, hit me with your book review. So my... Oh, wait. Before we get to the book review, this week's episode is sponsored by... I don't know if I did it before. Suffolk Comic and Art... Uh, Suffolk Comic and Art Expo, December 6th, uh, 2020, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's a one-day-only show. Cash only at the door, guys. Um, yeah, there's no pre-sale for tickets. There'll be fun creators... Uh, Keith Lee and Billy Succi, Larry Strowman, Sean Chen, uh, Rodney Ramos, and more. Masks are required. Social dis- uh, distance uh, throughout the entire door. It's a five dollars. Like I said, it's cash only at the door. It's gonna be the courtyard by Marriott uh, on Long Island, five thousand Expressway Drive South, Rockaway, New York one one seven seven nine. I will be there. Come say hi to me if you want an autograph. That'd be great. <laughs> I know, right? For what? Be me. Give me out the graph, please. Mm. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that's this week's sponsor. Uh, go to creatorcon.com. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, creatorcon, uh, creatorcon.com for update news and stuff about the show. Also, check him out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube yes. to watch his live shows and any more news to get updates. Yes. So, yeah. Now it's our topic. Uh, oh, sorry. Now on to uh, let's talk about X-Men. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some more X-Men. I'm in. <laughs> All right, so my book review this week is Terminal Punks from Mad Cave Studios. I knew written, it was going to be your book. Written by Matthew Ehrman with art by Shelby Criswell. This is... I feel like this book was written by me. It's just so... It's it just such a me you. book. No, this it's is Matthew Ehrman. Give him credit. No, that's you from Ultimate Reality. <laughs> I wish. That's you. That's what it is. No, you weren't born this, here. This book just feels like something I would write. It, it's in my vein of comedy. It's in my style of, like, quirky fun. So... Yeah, no, this is what It opens happened. up with Doug Dimmodome, basically. <laughs> it opens up with um, <laughs> Hart Kelsey. He is a eccentric billionaire. Think Doug Dimmodome mixed with the guy from Jurassic Park. Okay. He's like, I want weird animals to come over and hang out in my zoo. And uh, he's ordering these animals from Enoch, which is a animal distribution company or drug distribution. It's hard to tell right now. Okay. They loosely talk about it. And um, he's transporting these animals that have vape flavor names. Some of the names are Thunder Mint, Raspberry Jazz, Lady Marmalade. All the animals are named after vape juice. I guess it's like code names, so if yeah. it's like, oh, I'm not transporting eight orangutans. I'm transporting vape juice on this plane. I guess it's for taxes or something. I don't know. So it's rich person stuff. So they start transporting these animals, and they have to use this gas to knock the animals out because you can't really take live animals 
on planes without yeah, them course. freaking out. And since there are a bunch of them, they want them to be calm. Turns out the gas is experimental and does not work on the animals in the plane. It then jumps to a plane in route to New York, or a different plane, where four band members, uh, Key Avery, who's the drummer, Sway, who's the lead vocalist and plays the guitar. You then have Burton B. Burton, who is, um, I think, the bassist. And then you have, oh no, the bassist is um, Darby Wild, the other one's backup guitar. Okay. And they are a band, they just, they just won Battle of the Bands, but they don't have a band name yet. Spoiler alert, they're definitely going to be called Terminal Punks. I can just, it, it's the name of the book, it makes sense. Yeah. And then and they keep saying, like, Punks, Terminal. So, Key Avery's is, Key Avery is probably the main character, because, I mean, they're all main characters, but this is the one we get the monologues from. Uh, they're nervous about the plane, they're kind of, like, coasting through life, not knowing what's going on, they're young... They're just like, oh, what are we going to do? This is our only chance. What if we can't make it? What am I going to do? He's having an existential crisis, yeah. basically. He's nervous. He's anxious. And then it cuts to the Enoch plane crashing, and people are dead on the plane. And then cuts back to them landing in New York at a uh, plane a plane station, at a terminal, <laughs> the plane station, at a terminal that is fully dark and basically empty. Turns out the plane just crashed into it and released a Sasquatch-looking ape, and it's just wreaking havoc inside, killing a bunch of people. We then jump to the secondary main character. I, I, I count the band as the essential main characters. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Dr. Pemberley Carolyn Karen. Lord. I was like, uh-oh. She's um this cool uh, doctor who works for the CDC, and she is trying to like get the animal out she works for like hazard um i don't know if it's the actual cdc is, is that like contained what does cdc stand for do you know oh my god that, that, that ask that she works for a cdc that is for contagious diseases yeah so it's center for the, it's center for the disease, center for disease control she works for the cdc and she's trying to get um the gas and the creatures collected yeah so we jump back to the band, and they're just hanging out. In the background, you can see a bunch of animals eating people and killing people. They finally discover a dead body, and that's where I'll stop with the spoilers. Just Let's just say insanity ensues, and all the characters are going to meet up at some point. And, yeah, it is just crazy fun. The dialogue is quirky. They say, bruh. I'm surprised they didn't say simp. They said simp know, and punchline, right? though. <laughs> They say bruh, they say fart juice, they say um, eat ass. Like, it's just a fun, written, quirky little romp with... uh, It's basically like... Oh, God, what's... It's like a monster movie mixed with Green Room. Except less... Less gore, I would say. Okay. Green Room is the one with Patrick Stewart. Patrick Patrick Stewart? Stewart. Yeah, I was making sure his last name was Stewart. Patrick Stewart, where he's like this crazy mafia band manager guy. Not band manager. Crazy, like, mafia landowner. And he starts killing this band because they're being dicks or something. Hard plot on that movie. Really good. It had Anton Yelchin in it before he unfortunately passed. This feels like Green Room mixed with um, a kaiju-style movie. Cool. With a little bit of horror elements. Right, I so cannot wait to see where this goes. What do you want to? All right, so what's your f- least favorite part? Least favorite part is the artwork. Not that it's bad. It's just it's not my style. Art is subjective. It fits the story. Don't get me wrong. It's a good pairing. It's got nice colors, which the coloring is from. Does not tell me so. Probably Chriswell. Yeah. I don't. Know, I just really liked the style 
I like the art for what this book is. I would not like the art normally. If this art was on an X-Men book, I'd be like, what the hell is going on? But the art fits the style of the story. So it's a blessing and a curse, if that makes sense. But like I said, sense. it's subjective, so it is what it is. But it fits. So that's all I can really say that's bad about it. The writing's fun. It's quick. It's very fast-paced. And, you know, and you get a little, uh, int- like a little, uh, get to know these people in the back. So it's cool. Cool. All right, and, so uh, uh, what's your favorite part about the book? The favorite part is the dialogue. Okay. I love the dialogue. They, I'm not going to spoil um, what the monster is called in this, but, but the like tagline it. is an intoxicating burst of sweet orange because they're all vape flavor names. Yeah. So it's just really dumb and fun. So yeah. I give this cool. book a four. Cool. It's fun. It's nice. The art isn't to everyone's tastes, but it fits the story. If you read it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Okay. The cover is also the same artist, so you can get a good taste of that. Yes. And I like how it's like a connecting cover. Not a connecting cover. A like wrap, a, almost wrap like basically a wraparound. Yeah, it's wraparound. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. James, what did you read? Oh, wait. I know already. Everyone knows this. It's <laughs> Parents Issue 1. Written Hell by yeah, Ryan Parrott and art by Francisco Mori... Uh, Mor- uh, it's not Mighty Mortara. Morphin Power Rangers. It's, it's not Mighty Morphin. It's, it's Power Rangers. Rangers. <laughs> it's the sequel book um, that will continue on. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers ended with Issue 56. And now it's split 55. It's split between two books. Mighty Morphin I talked about last week. This week I'm talking about Power Rangers number one. And this is focused on the Omega team. This team consists of Jason, Trini, and Zack. Uh, and one more. Ooh, we won't spoil it though. Uh, no. So cool, dude. So cool. You can tell by like the later covers. <laughs> Don't spoil it. I do like the big cat like uh, uh, X X one has with him. Yeah. The big space cat. Because <laughs> all of this remind me of Lion Cat. I'm like, you better say Lion at least once, man. <laughs> so this book is insane from the echo. It opens up with a training sequence with the Omega Rangers, and then going back home, realizing they've been dealing with uh, a villain um, that actually appeared in issue fifty five, uh, issue fifty uh, four of Mighty Morphin. Um, they realize they have to recruit Draken or get information from Draken because he already dealt with him. When Draken's big return at the end of necessary at the start uh, at the end of necessary uh, evil happened, uh, they were like, "Hey, he like they're coming." And the, the day they were talking about is this new villain set that they are the Imperials. That's cool. That the Rangers are fighting against. Um, problem is, Zordon doesn't want to let Draken go. So the Rangers, Draken's a bad guy. Draken's a bad guy. So. Zach, Trini, and uh, Jason meet up with Rocky, Adam, Aisha, Kim, Billy, and Tommy, and kind of hang out and train together and try to catch up before they, they have to go back for and go back days, to uh, right? yeah before yeah. they go back to space. And then during the time they realize they form their own plan, and I won't spoil the rest of it because it's fucking nonsense. Cry, cry. It's crazy. The li- there's one major line in here. There's two actually really cool things. I do like that spread page. Oh, the spread is sick. That's dope as hell. The spread's nice. And that's a spoiler, so I won't spoil it. And he's I mean, definitely... That's definitely the silver. He's definitely gonna be silver. Oh, yeah, we know that, though. Him or the cat thing. <laughs> That'd be crazy. The cat. <laughs> I, I, I just mean, want to know who the Green Ranger is. I mean, we know who it we, is. Well, Loki. We, we've guessed it's we, we've Matt. We've guessed, yeah. And I, well, I'll say it on I the show. I can't wait till it's not, though. Yeah, because it doesn't look it like it's gonna be. a lady. Be. But this is my favorite. Oh, where he gets mad? Yeah. yeah, that's cool. It shows you that he's not just like, just a An old wizard. Like, yeah, he's he's not the fucking uh, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be insane. This book, the art is insane. I think I like this one better than Mighty Morphin. The artwork's definitely a little bit better. Yes, but I'd like the story in the other one more. I like the story in this one a lot because it's different. It's all new. It's 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 actually a fresh take, and it's gonna be like the other one. Like yes, the other one's all new, but it's the, but it's also like continuing on the Zeo path, right? Uh, but I do like this a lot. Uh, my favorite, my and I, the one, like I said, the 
Like, my two favorite things I actually can't talk about on the show. Catherine Wen. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Hakeem Wen, Catherine Wen. <laughs> uh, but it's actually really cool. I like it a lot. I've always liked the suit designs. Um, but my one negative, I have, and I, it's a stupid negative. Of course it is. I wish the artist kind of, because when I first saw the previews and read this, Rocky looked like Matt in this issue. I thought, I was like, Rocky has a mullet? Yeah. I don't remember and that I, at all. And, it, and I think that's because the artists, because it's again, it's two different artists doing two different books. And yeah, they interpret. And the char- yeah, the characters, all the same characters, at least for this issue, uh, for Power Rangers, and and they're in Mighty Morphin. Um, when the character looks like when Rocky shows up in Power Rangers, he looks like Matt, and I'm like, Matt's wearing the Red Ranger outfit. What? Yeah, I was like, what's going on? That's the, all my only nitpick. So, but with that being my nitpick, I'm giving it a five out of five. Um, I'm gonna be spending dumb money on variants for this book forever. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, I barely gave my life to that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's my review of Power Rangers, guys. Nice. All right, let's move on to our store book of the week, which is gonna be full spoilers, but we'll try not to spoil too much. Try not to spoil this one a lot because piece. this is—it's hard to spoil, but also hard not to spoil. It's not. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because like the, no offense, nothing crazy happens because it's just a continuation and a setup. It continues from. Joker War one, uh, Batman one hundred, and the end of Joker War, and it continue and it sets up for more punchline stories. Right. So it's hard to really say there's no spoilers, but like but we'll go for it. So we'll do what we can. I'll go through the book this time. You go through it more uh, so, and I'll punch, add. Punchline is written by. Well, I love how Joker looks in this. Oh, I do. He's got a great chin. <laughs> I think it's Marie Gandolfo who does the art. No. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I was looking for the the credits. Normally, I know, but I always want to get it. 100%. Art by Marie Gandolfo. Where do you see it? on the center stage oh it's the next page okay I can yeah. see that part oh yeah no th- I was right no, okay yeah right. oh what are you freezing this is Marie oh Candolo. it was written by Sam jo- uh, Sam Johns also that's why it was James Cindy and Sam Johns wrote this book yeah. well it says when it says Johns because I said Johns on the cover I'm like Jeff Johnson I think this Sam book. Johns is Tynan's I don't know doesn't matter that they're related to Tynan in some way and art is done by Marie Gandolfo so it yeah. opens up with a complete fallout from Joker War, if you guys remember from Joker War, um, Punchline was arrested, uh, but it doesn't open up with that exactly. It, it, it's open up to a flashback where uh, Punchline, Alex Case, uh, Alex, uh, Alexis, sorry, Alexis K, that's her real name. Uh, she meets Joker for the first time. It kind of contradicts this, and I'll, I'll talk about this. It doesn't later. contradict. We'll, we'll, I'll talk about that later. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, because it doesn't technically contradict. We'll talk about it. Um, she meets Joker for the first time in a. Um, she goes to a newsroom. Uh, uh, she's on a field trip. She's in a newsroom. They are ambushed by the Joker. Uh, the Joker uh, kills the teacher, and then she's put us on the stage. Uh, and then Batman intervenes. It flashes back. Then flashes back to our present day, where she's uh, getting a hearing. This is her only her hearing uh, for her crimes uh, for the joke uh, during the Joker War, in which she is also tied to conspiracy, which means she will. Uh, Face the same amount of crimes that Joker himself has committed, and Harper's and, chilling for some reason because she's uh adop- she's pretty much is adopted by Leslie Tompkins, and Tompkins Leslie Tompkins is there. Oh, a key witness. Yeah, because yeah. she's the key witness. I didn't recognize Leslie Tompkins at first. Cause because she actually looks younger there. She doesn't look that young, but she also looks because younger. her hair is. Di- I brown always and assume it's going to be black because of uh, Monica yeah. Baraku. Oh, from the show, from yeah, Barishin from the show, yeah. yeah. I always forget that she. Yeah, they made hair. they made Leslie look young here because she normally just has white hair. She I think it's just Marie Gandolfo's art. Yeah. So anyway. Um, she pleads that she's innocent, and this leads to a whole line of uh, of why she's pleading innocent. Um, then you see her go live about trying to convince the entire world that she's innocent. While Harper and her brother Cullen, 
with a sinister smile because she's you don't have to even go into she's evil bitch she's evil bitch yeah we know she's evil so Cullen and Harper Harper's brother um, hang out and discuss the idea where Cullen then decides to go on the internet and actually listen to a podcast of hers given to her by Bluff a boy who says simp they say simp who said uh, who he's chatting with um, on a game called Call of Honor which is pretty much Call of Duty and Medal of Honor um and it's just her podcast. And the entire episode... It's called The Hunt for Joker. Joker. And there's 50-something episodes. Yes. Because by the time you reach the, the re- every episode you, you recap, there's going to be certain things. So the first episode is The Reservoir uh, with all the dead bodies that Joker did. The second one is The Asylum with her well, trying... Episode 11. It jumps around, episode, yeah, I think it's really cool. Episode 11, which is The Asylum when she visits the asylum. Episode 34 30. is a throwback to the, jo- uh, the Laughing Fish episode, Jokerfish. Uh, 51 is Amusement Mile, which is a throwback to Killing Joke. Oh, it's not 51. I think it's like 100. No, episode 51 is Amusement Mile. No, no, no. I'm saying um the final one. I forget what she calls oh, it. And well, 52 Col- is the last yeah. one. Yeah. I mean. 52. Duh. Yeah. And it's called the end. Uh, but the entire time, Colin and Hopper are fighting uh, about... Because Colin is like listening to it and saying like she was brainwashed. And, right. Cause and I'm like, bruh. It ties back to Batman and Robin Eternal where... Hopper stood up for Cassandra, who was brainwashed by her father, to kill their mother. Yeah. So now she, the, uh, the when they finally when he finally listens to the episode fifty two, the end, it's a flashback to her first time committing a crime, mm-hmm. uh, where she poisoned a bunch of people. Yeah, because she was learning how to use the Joker toxin. Yes, uh, and then she finally meets the Joker, uh, in uh, meeting the Joker in the sense of um, in an official punchline capacity. Yes. Where she actually ends up uh, joining up with him. It flash forwards to the night, that, and that kind of contradicts what you said. Yes, but it's not that she joins up with him; it's she shows up here. Right. We'll talk about it at the end. We'll talk or about the end. We'll talk, uh, no, we'll do it after the end. Then we'll finish after the end of the book. Uh, we have the actual um, punchline's actual trial where people are showing up saying "free punchline," and they're called gassers, right? Yeah, they're called gassers. Um, gaslighting. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a nice way of putting it because uh, yeah. she's secondly doing that to everyone. Yep. Uh, while she's growing I like this that big, in that one. Yeah, you too. Uh, well, she's got this big audience um, about how it's a free punchline. She looks in the crowd and sees that uh, Hopper actually looks into the crowd and sees that her brother is actually now gasser and has joined the, the idea that punchline is, is innocent and does set up the idea that Punchline and Bluebird will become arch enemies, which is cool because because she needs someone. Both characters, I think, is cool. Yes, and also they need Bluebird needs to be more relevant. I think she was always super cool, and I know she quit technically, but she always pops up and yeah. she's wearing the armor and she has stuff. So, I want to go back to this scene. Yes, that's where I was going to go back to. Where is her combat training? Does she know. talk about it? I don't remember no. saying that she talks about it because she's able to. She could kill the Joker right now. She's about. She stabs. She gets the upper hand on Joker. Stabs him, and she could kill him, but she decides to kiss him. And this does not contradict technically the Snyder inst- the Snyder College right. uh, issue we got with the D- Batman one hundred Detective Thousand. What was it? Not Detective Thousand. Was it ten twenty seven? Was it ten twenty seven? I don't think it was ten twenty seven. This is Detective Comics. No, it's not Detective Comics. Detective Comics ten twenty seven was the first appearance of um. Uh, what's his face? Ghostmaker, technically. Yeah. Uh, what was the punchline origin? Was I don't remember. It, it was in an. I think it was in an. It was in an. Joker. It was in the Joker anniversary issue. Oh, that's what it was. Joker 80th, 80th anniversary. Yes. That's what it is. Um, she shows up. 
to her college yeah. and she poisons the dean and kills him with the toxin. Yeah. And that was her initiation into it. That was her quote unquote origin. Yeah. This is more so her origin. Yes. But that origin isn't retconned. No. She first meets him at right here, which yes. is fine in the studio. Then she re-meets him as punchline and she's and he's like, You don't have the formula right. Uh, you show a lot of like potential. Yeah. He, I have a test for you. He doesn't say that, but that's basically what I'm in right. formulating. And the test is perfect the toxin and then we'll talk and that's right. where we get from because like she says she's interesting and then they decide that they're gonna like team up in quotes yeah so that's cool that's what I interpret it from yeah I know, that makes sense. Like I, I said, liked it it's cool I think this I, when this book was first announced I remember us both going ugh yeah why punchline why I'm actually starting to like punchline ju- mostly because of the gaslighting I yes. like it when characters can try to manipulate what's and going that's on what, that's what makes I it. thought she was either gonna die because yeah, it'd be funny I'm why, yeah. and it was really speculators yeah and I also thought she was, like, when she first pleaded innocent, I was like, oh, my God, is this really going to, are they really going to be like, she was actually brainwashed? Yeah. And they're going to give us a brainwashed origin? I like that she's actually a badass bitch, and she's going to try to get out of it. And I'm like, what? Thing. That's what makes her a are we, Now, here's the thing. Are we going to get a punchline miniseries, a Bluebird miniseries, or a punchline versus Bluebird miniseries? Well, that's coming 2021, so we won't see until yep. maybe March. Probably, it's going to definitely come out right after Future State. Future State. Unless it's in Future State. No, it's not. nothing's going to be a Future State. Bluebird might. No, they've said this. They already, that's Bluebird's not going to be in the Teen Titans book? Nope. As a teacher? No. Like Lobo? I'm nope. a crush? Nope. Weird. Well, it, that's how it didn't matter. Like, you're not, anything that's happening now, don't look at Future State towards anything, because Future State's an alternate future. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying it can. I'm just um, saying, like, But, yeah, I wouldn't see it there, because I wouldn't... That would water down this book. So it does say coming twenty one. I do think we'll see it in we'll see in, we'll see it in solicitations at the end of this month. The solicitation which oh, sorry, is like no. next Friday. Uh no, we have like two weeks. Next Friday is like the seventeenth. They usually put it the third week. Oh, sure, we are next Friday. Uh no, sorry, yeah, it we'll, could be this no, Friday actually. No, next Friday. No, no, it's gonna be next because uh, it won't be that. It won't be until December's solicitations next month. Yeah, in a month we'll yeah, see. Yeah. It, literally in like a month and we'll in see. December seventeenth, we'll see it. Because it will be the March of solicitations, mm. so I do think it's it, 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 it's it works. I do want to see where it's going because it would be cool to see a, a Bluebird versus Punchline miniseries. Yeah, or how are they going to set just, up? They probably just call it Punchline. Well, no offense did, to Bluebird, Punchline sells more. Well, they did now, say no. no well, uh, no, they're not going to call it Punchline because remember, Tegan did say he's working on a second Batman family book. It could be in Gotham Knights. Which and it could is what be we, we pitched it. Well, as yeah, we pitched the idea of Gotham Knights, but it could be. Whatever the yeah. subsidiary... So may, that could easily be the other book. Yeah. Maybe another Outsiders book or something. Well, I think it's going to be more of a Batman family. It's strictly Batman family people. Yeah, I know. Because like, it's going to be another more like... Another Outsiders style book. Well, I think... Like, well, that's I, well, that's where I think we'll see... Subsect. Uh, Bluebird. We'll see... Duke um, again. Duke again. We'll Cass, see... Um, no, no. Bluebird. Well, we'll see Cassie and uh, Offred as Batgirls. Yeah. Instead. Because uh, we saw... Oh, Cass and Steph. Yeah, Cass, sorry. Cass and Steph. Because uh, we saw... Um, Barbara as Oracle again. And if you read the newest issue of Batman or Detective, Detective, yeah. Cassie has her suit on, yeah. but they don't mention that she's Batgirl. She just has a suit on with yeah. a bat symbol on it. So but Spoiler's not in there, which I thought was weird. Well, she's in the book on and off. No, they call all Bat Family. Yeah, she's not there. And then she doesn't show up, and I'm like, okay. Well, same thing. Like, I she's think... technically not Bat Family, yeah. and neither is technically Barbara. Which well, she is. No, but no, the other ones are all adopted. Yeah. Cassie's adopted. Duke is technically She's adopted, adopted in this version. Technically. I know. No, not in this version. She's not. I mean... She, she's not. She she doesn't live there. Neither yeah. does Duke technically. Yeah. But That's all. Does thing. Duke live there? No. I mean, I think he does. Duke is weird. Yeah, because, again, it's a problem with him not being written in the main Batman book by Tom King. We would have gotten an answer. 
Yeah, it's because Tom King didn't want to use him. No, Tom King wants to. Scott Snyder said he's not allowed to. That's why he used him in All-Star Batman instead. That's so lame. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so hopefully we'll see it. Um, what did you give me a punchline? Or what didn't book? you like? Oh, what I didn't like about the punchline book. Um, again, I don't like, it's like, I don't like punchline as a character. I think she's gotten I, better. I think Yes. And I think when she first introduced, she was Harley that kills. And I was like, I don't Harley need a one shot for this. This, I liked it. I like it. I, I like the story. I think it's because they didn't want to do a six issue mini for now. They're going to be. This is where I get annoyed with DC though. What do you mean? This is just going to be issue one, and then when they do another mini, when they either do a punchline versus Bluebird mini series or a, it's going to be in the trade. Regardless. Or yeah, it's going to be. So you could be two number ones. You might as well number one, then number two, then number three. Yeah, they should have. But I get why you can't do it now because you're saying for future state. Okay, because they couldn't launch anything. Yeah, we could do for two months it, and then two months yeah. off, and then except for issue, the black label stuff. Right. Exactly. Um, but it's what I get annoyed with DC for things like books that don't need to be a different numbering. It should be like, for example, like my big thing is um, the metal stuff. Yeah. Some of those issues just should be four, and then five, and then six, and then seven. Instead of calling them new number one, well, not new number yeah. one. Robin like, King one, and then it literally is Infinite like. Infinite Extreme, which came out this yeah, week. Yeah, it literally is a fallout from another book. Infinite Extreme literally says to be continued in. The next issue. Yeah. Why not make it that issue? Yeah. But then just throw... like I know it's a Lobo-centric I- I- issue, so having it be the main title would be weird, but just put Batman in it, and then... You don't Batman have to. Just tell the... F- no, you don't have to do that. Just The issue's I fine can understand, like, how as a next issue. Like, then, if you were like... No, because what Scott Snyder is doing is he's saying, um, my main title is focused on the trio. Yeah. The Trinity. If Lobo is all of a sudden the main character in one of the issues... It would have to be a separate book because people are going to go, what the fuck? Yeah, but it's just dumb. And it doesn't 100%. Because it makes, you know, but what, no, what I mean is, um, but what I mean is, it makes people have to buy the book. Oh, not you don't want, have to. No, you have to. say, because read this to find out. No, because if you like, all said that. Lobo's going to show up and be like, I got the thing. Yeah, but it. no, but if it shows up without spoiling the book, that end piece yeah. with all those other things happening. That's it, pro- I don't, that's an epilogue. I don't think that counts. So we'll see. The epilogue uh, doesn't yeah. say to be continued in. Right before that, it says to be continued. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, yeah. It's things like that. Um, but I mean, yeah. We'll see. You know, so I want, I'm, we're we're going to do a metal wrap-up, and we'll see how it plays in properly yeah. when it's red. We're, we're dragging all the metal. Through. Um, so yeah, what did you think about Punchline? You, I thought uh, it was pretty what's good. What's your negative? I, I don't... I don't... Okay. Even though I was saying I do like Punchline now, I feel like I don't need Punchline. If that makes yeah. sense. Okay. I like Punchline. Yeah. Her design is great. I like her costume. Like, no. I mean, yes. She's but, the e-girl of the DC Universe. <laughs> <laughs> she is an e-girl. Literally, she has a podcast, and she's fucking... Oh, she's funny. She's got simps. She's got simps. It says in the book. <laughs> no, but I like uh, Punchline's design. I think the uh, idea of Punchline is fine. We didn't need her. I think that's my biggest thing. Right. We didn't need this book. Add-on. We didn't need Punchline. Joker War could have been the same without Punchline. Right. It would have been better without a sidekick. Just Joker doing Joker things and Harley shows up and beats the shit out of him like the show. Yeah. But like I said, I don't hate her. I just don't think we needed her. That makes sense. Just about, then again, we didn't need Harper. We didn't need Duke. Well, no. We didn't need... Not a, no, you know. I, no, I get, no, I get what you mean because there's, there's a little bit of difference with Harper and Duke. And you don't not. need supporting characters to be added. It just but when they helps. are added, they normally tell the story better. You could tell... She you, didn't really tell Joker War better. Right. You could tell Joker War if you just put without her, her. Yeah. Punchline didn't need to be added. I think, but then again, where would you fit Punchline into the timeline? If I just wouldn't do her. Exactly. Because she, she's not necessary. Because the problem with the Punchline was that she was a replacement for Harley Quinn because you didn't have an ongoing but, Harley Quinn. But they Quinn. didn't need they didn't need that. That's my point. That's Joker the, doesn't need a Harley Quinn. That's the Joker is the Joker because he's the Joker. Right, that's the whole point. Like, Joker's not the Joker because of Harley Quinn. No, I know that, but I mean, like, like the idea of having Punchline... Oh, no, I know what you mean. A harder, darker version of Harley Quinn doesn't Harley make Quinn sense. Harley Quinn was fucked up. 
because for a while. the problem was they have Harley Quinn growing. And she still a, makes jokes, right? But you have Harley Quinn growing as a character, yeah. and that's what the problem was. And the writers needed, uh, not the writers, the audience didn't want change. You're changing Harley into whatever icon, and then it's like, but the real punchline, and she's back. Yeah. She has knives instead of a hammer. Yeah. And I, I again, I like her design. I think she's cool, but she's, she's not girl. necessary. Yes, yeah, she's an e girl. Yeah, she's she has an OnlyFans. Yeah, she definitely has an OnlyFans. She definitely has an OnlyFans. If they come up in an issue, she definitely has an OnlyFans. <laughs> Uh, so what would you give this book? Because I'm going to give it a four. I'm giving it a four. It, it's good. It's a really well-written book. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, The story's great. The art's fantastic. It's just not necessary. Yeah, that's true. I like, think I, this, like it. I think this could have been told in War Zones. Yeah, this is and a then, War Zones story, yeah. You could have chopped this down to five, uh, not five pages, like maybe ten pages, put it in War Zones, Yeah. and then could, had it to be continued in 2021 and still had the same story exactly. without all the added fluff. Yeah. The, the opening is still fine. You I have the op- yeah. What you can take from this is the opening. And the ending. Uh, you have the opening with, with that. Yeah. And that continues into the trial because yep. it would continue. No, because Warzone didn't have that. Open with center stage. Yeah. Then go into um, the podcast with Harper Rowe because you have to have Harper involved. Yeah. Harper and Colin with the podcast. And then end with the Joker confrontation at the restaurant. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need. Yeah. Because then you don't need that whole, my first poisoning was here, because she technically has the other origin poisoning in the, in, in the other one. So yes. you just tie that one in. Yes. This didn't need to be, what is it, 48, 80 pages? 48 pages, I think. It's hefty and it's a nice price. Yeah. But it wasn't necessary. It was it, but it's, a, it's so good. It's a, it's a good book. Yes. I'm not saying it's not story, story, our own store variants. Yes. Buy it. We will yeah. post it on this Instagram. You already posted it. Oh, I'll post it on the other Instagram. What's my little art thing I made? Because I'm artistic. I'm not really. Anyway, uh, James, close us out. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was about to, my wife was asking me. So, you guys still there? Anyway, thanks no. for listening, guys. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Uh, thanks for listening. You guys can head over to our website, andreascomics.com, to check out this week's previews and new releases. Follow us on Instagram, Andrews underscore comics, the podcast Instagram, Andrews Amazing Podcast, and Twitter, Andrews Comics, for up to date news. A lot of times I'm just retweeting stuff. Yeah. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend. And as always, guys, support your local comic shop and have a nice day. Bye bye. Later.